You are listening to From Camp Lee to the Great War, the letters of Lester Scott and Charles Riggle. World War I soldiers from Wheeling, West Virginia. Scott and Riggle were drafted in 1917 and trained at Camp Lee, Virginia. Lester Scott served as a wagoner, mule team driver, in the 314th Field Artillery Supply Company, Battery A, 80th Blue Ridge Division in France. Dutch Riggle was a private first class with the same unit. These are their letters home. September 24th, 1917, Petersburg, Virginia. My dear sister, how are you by this time? I am just fine and I hope you are the same. We landed here Sunday at 1-5. We are having a good time and getting plenty to eat. The first thing we got was a shower bath. We will not get our uniforms for a few days. I think the most of us will be used as guards. We will get to come home about Christmas for a month, I think. Walter and I are together. There are about three of us together. The climate here is just about the same as out there, and there are no high hills here. The camp is four or five miles long, maybe more. I have not seen no Marshall County boys yet. We get Sundays off, I guess, and after we get our suits, we will get to go to Petersburg, which is four miles from here. We hadn't got our examination yet. You could not get lonesome here if you want to. There are people passing through all the time and lots of things to see. There is a YMCA here, and we get anything we want. We had for our breakfast this morning bread and butter, fried potatoes, bacon and oats and coffee. Tell Jim when he comes to bring a shotgun for there are lots of turkey buzzards here. How is Cleo? Be sure and take good care of her. I'm going to write her now so answer real soon and tell me all the news. My address is 25th Company, 7th Battalion, Depot Brigade, Camp Lee, Petersburg, Virginia. I will tell you more about the place next time I write, so goodbye, good luck, your brother. Camp Lee, Virginia, September 29, 1917. Dear brother, I received your letter and was glad to hear from you. I'm well, feeling fine today. We have no drill today. All we have to do is to eat and look around on a Sunday. We have nothing to do on Wednesday afternoon. Sit. I haven't done a day labor since I come down here. Lesson Walter Tolan came in last Monday. They're not in the same barrack that I'm in. They seem to be enjoying themselves fine. Have you cut any corn yet? Are you doing some wheat yet? Or you have good weather out there? We only had one little rain here since I came. Now how are they getting along over at home with the work? I suppose they are done so in wheat. I rode home the same night I did you, but I haven't got any answer yet. They're playing football out in front of our barrack today. I tell you, it is sport to get out on a drill. We had only one march yet, and it was only about two miles of a hike. Some days we have nothing to do only clean up the yard. I'm in the field artillery. This is the three-inch gun. 
takes six horses to draw one of those outfit. The job I got is taking care of two of the horses and driving two of them. It's not a very dangerous job, you know. We pull these guns up to the firing line and take the horses back about a mile or two. People down here think we will never have to go to France. I signed the payroll this morning, and we'll get our money next week. And we only get about $12 or $15 first pay. It's easy money, but I would rather be back out in the West Virginia hills cutting corn and running foxes. Oh, how's my dogs are looking? Our eats is all right, except the dessert. And they won't give us any sugar for it. You know how it is without it. Has Tom got anybody to help cut the corn yet? Did he try to get Carter when he was out? If he can't get anybody, you better hustle up and get yours cut and help him out. I will send money and he can pay you. Say hello to West and Senda. The YMCA furnished us some writing paper, pencils, pens, ink. They have a good time over there at night. Sunday, September 30th, 1917, Petersburg, Virginia. Dear sister, how are you all by this time? I'm just fine and enjoying myself fine. I wrote you and Cleo a letter some time ago. I haven't gotten any answer yet, but I'm looking for a letter any time. We are not in the same barracks that we was. We have moved to Field Artillery Supply Company about two miles from where we was. But there are some of the boys got mail. Walter got a letter from his girl today. I may get a letter this evening. We are off today. We get Sundays and Wednesday afternoon off. I am at the YMCA now. They have a piano here and Victrola and singing of all kind. This paper and envelopes does not cost us anything. I sent my clothes back last night. They are in nice shape. Believe me, I have got a nice suit now. We'll send some pictures as soon as I go to Petersburg. Can't get them taken here. We can go to town every night if we want to. I have been vaccinated, but my arm has never got sore. I have seen Dutch lots of times. He is right close to where I'm at. He seems to like it fine. We get plenty to eat and a good bed. I don't think we will ever see France. I will be by West Virginia by spring, see if not right. We get wheeling papers here. Would not come back if I could start in the morning. You can learn something here. If you know of anyone that has wrote to me, you tell them the reason I have not answered. I will get my mail all right now. I have not wrote to anyone but you and Cleo. Tell my friends the address and tell them write to me. I guess this is all for this time. We'll more next time. So goodbye and answer soon. Address in this manner. Supply Company, 314th Field Artillery, Camp Lee, Petersburg, Virginia. Monday, October 8th, 1917, Camp Lee, Virginia. Dear sister, how are you all? I am just fine. Got your letter yesterday and sure was glad to hear from you. How is Jim getting along with his work? Suppose he has some corn cut by this time. The corn was cut down here before we came here. Have you been having any rain out there? It has just rained one day since we came here. 
It gets hot here in the day and cold at night. You was asking if we had any lights here. At night we have electric lights and the buildings are so close together that they make lots of light outside. I will send you some pictures of the place as soon as I can get some. There are new buildings going up every day. I'm getting along fine in drilling. We had foot drill and body exercise. Today we had three squads. One was the awkward and the dumb and the good. I got to stay in the good. And Carter, also the lieutenant, put him out of ranks the other day and I told him he was rotten. I have learned more in the two weeks I have been here than I did all the time I went to school. You can take up history or geography or anything you want. I have signed for penmanship. It does not cost anything. I take that in the evening. Walter is taking up typewriting. I guess Dutch is going on the carpenter gang. That's a pretty good job here. Him and I are going to take a walk next Sunday. He seems as well contented as anyone here. He has rub and snuff he chews now. Tell Jim I dreamed that I was showing him how to shoot rabbits last night. I guess there are plenty here. I guess your potatoes must have turned up pretty good. Tell Jim not to be in too much of a hurry to husk his corn. Maybe I will be out to help. Well, I guess this is all, so goodbye. Answer soon. Your big brother. Supply Company 314th Field Artillery, Petersburg, Virginia, Camp Lee. From Dutch to JDR. Saturday, October 20th, 1917. Camp Lee, Virginia. Mr. James Riggle. Dear Sir, I received your letter a few days ago and was glad to hear from you. It was glad to hear that everybody is able to kick around these lines. Leaves me in good health. And hope when these lines come to hand, they will find you the same. We'll get along fine with our drilling. Well, Abe, it was pretty hard for me to get used to being away from home. But I am getting used to it now. Ain't so bad since Les and Walter come. We run on to one another every day. Well, Abe, it seemed funny for me not to be cutting corn this fall. Gee... Too, but I would like to be out there to help husk the corn. But I don't expect I will husk any corn this fall. Maybe not next fall. But I hope I will. Farming suit me better than this job. But this job is a job. We can't quit whenever we want to. It's a good steady job while you talk. Gee, but I would like to hear a good fox race now. You get the dogs and go out and have a race and listen some for me. And send me the sound of old Spud to me in a letter, and I will be tickled to death. Tom has got old Flidge keeping her for me. Mom said all said she was feeling good. I ain't a bit afraid, but what she will be well fed. How did the colt stand the work this fall? Did you put all of your weed in with him? Are you done cutting corn yet? Have you got all your potatoes dug yet? How are they this fall? Did the corn get very sound this fall? Gee, I wish I had a couple of bushel of them apples you picked to chew at these. Uh, apples is two for a nickel here. Orange are a nickel apiece here. I can't get a bite of anything here for a nickel. I'm going to quit buying anything here except my tobacco and stamps. I can only get two stamps for a nickel here. They try to get all the money back of the boys. 
Wachitolan, I think, spent his first pay in a couple of days. Then he wouldn't get much. I'm glad Tom got Christy to help do the work, for he could never done all that work himself. I suppose they are about done cutting. Did David worry very much about me coming here? Well, I will quit for this time, for I expect you will get tired of this foolish letter before you get it read. Forever your brother, Old Dutch. Battery D314FA, Camp Lee, Petersburg, Virginia. The letters of Lester Scott and Charles Riggle were transcribed by John Eric Gillot. This podcast was edited and written by Sean Duffy. Audio edited by Aaron Rothenbuehler, with music courtesy of the Library of Congress. Many thanks to Marjorie Ritchie for sharing family letters and the stories of her uncles, World War I soldiers from West Virginia. Thank you for listening to From Camp Lee to the Great War, the letters of Lester Scott and Charles Riggle. Sunday, October 21st, 1917, Petersburg, Virginia. Dear sister, I will write you a few lines to let I am well, and you are all the same. I got your letter yesterday and was glad to hear from you. I have just had my dinner. I am so full I can hardly write. We had beef and potatoes and apple cobbler and tea to drink. It was a nice day down here today, although very cool. There was a big frost here this morning. When you write, tell me what kind of day it is out there. I don't think we are going to stay very long. I think we will go to Texas. It will be real warm there. Don't think we will go for a few weeks, and maybe not at all. Did you know they were talking of sending Tom Conrad home? His wife sent his exemption papers after we left. There were about 100 left Camp Lee this morning for Georgia. I would just as soon start for France in the morning as any place. I know of you may think I am joking, but I would like to go. I see by the paper that we will be in France by 1st of January. We will likely get four months there. I think I will see Dallas once more before I go. I've been getting along fine drilling. There was about half of our company has to work today because they did not know general orders. That is things we have to know when we are on guard duty. I got 100% in everything I had. Walter did not know what we had either. You would not know Dutch now. He has got so fat. He likes it fine here. I've not seen him yet today. I think you can get some of those pictures that was taken the day we left. Some of the boys here have some of them. I know every one of them now. They're good fellas. We'll tell you who they are when I come out. Think they will make some more of them. I've not got my pictures yet. We'll send you one before long. I got a letter from Cleo. She said she had a fine time when she was over to see you. I don't expect I will send much money back, for I have bought a Liberty bond that will take $15 a month. Nearly all the boys have took one. There's quite a lot of that business going on now. It will help out a lot, too. How's Dad and Tom getting along cutting corn? It has been terrible hot down here until Friday. It has begun to look cloudy now, like it was going to snow. I presume it would be very cold here in the winter. There are no hills here to break the wind. When you hear people out there saying it does not get cold here, tell them they are crazy. I guess the winters are not so cold as they are out there. When it rains down here, it just looks like a crick. Ground is all level. 
We have plenty of warm clothes now. We all have fine overcoats and raincoats. We'll get our winter suits soon. I heard a fella say just now, we would all be at home to stay in six months. The most of the boys are all homesick already, but I'm very well contented myself. I'm going to try and do my part. I would start to France today if I could get to. I would just like to see the place. I can't see no danger much. I'm going to make my liberty bond over to you before I go over there if I have to go. I don't have any idea that Jim will have to be trained. Tell him if he don't like war, he better claim exemption. He can easily get exempted. I wrote Ed Fisher and Vincent a letter. We'll get an answer soon. I was surprised to hear of Frank Major's death. Tell Senda and West I said hello. Cleo said Senda gave her and Jim more grapes than they could eat, so she must be getting liberal-hearted. Well, I don't know much more to say this time, so answer soon and tell me all the news. We'll know what we are going to do by the next time I write. Goodbye. Less S. October 29th, 1917, Petersburg, Virginia. Dear Sister, I received your letter today and was glad to hear you were all well. I am well and getting fatter every day. I was hauling supplies today and I sure do like the job. All I have to do is drive and take care of my mules. It made me feel like I was at home when I was out this evening to feed and bed them. I will get a steady job soon. I get $3 per month from now on. There are not many can drive in our company. Tell Jim if he would drive these mules here for a while, he wouldn't be afraid to plow his colts. Glad to hear Bill is getting along all right. Ask Jim if that pastern joint bothers him. Any if it does, tell him to sell him. Even if he does not get lame on it, let me know and I will send him some money to get a blanket for him. I suppose you will be moving soon. I think it'll be a good place. I got a letter from Cleo Saturday night. Was surprised to hear the snow up there. We have had just a little here. You could just mere notice it, but it is so hot here now you could roast an egg. You wanted to know if I get any soup here. I certainly do. Talk about an appetite. Maybe I haven't got one. I got a very sore arm which I received Saturday evening from a boxing match, but it's getting all right now. Charles Lewis and I boxed three rounds. He went all in in the last round. He had to fall out of line when we had retreat. He could not eat no supper. He has a very sore wrist, too. He's from Elm Grove. This is the best bunch of boys I was ever with. They all seem like brothers. Have you heard from Brantley lately? Tell Dad, if he wants a nice-looking glass gal to keep house for him, I can find them one here. These cards I am sending just looks like things are here. These are the kind of harness the coons use, but they're not like what we use. We all have overhauls to wear now. Well, we have been here five weeks now. I think I will see you all in eight more. I like it better every day here. Well, I don't know much more to say. There's moving pictures here tonight, and I want to see them. Saw Dutch today. He is well and hearty. Answer soon. Scotty. November 2nd, 1917, 
Petersburg, Virginia. Dear sister, received your letter today and was glad to hear from you. It is a bad mistake about me being sick or in the hospital. I feel better than I ever felt in my life. I weigh 180 pounds. We took a trip today out of camp. We played all kind of games. Sylvan Mariner told me that his brother wrote and told him that I was coming home that I could not stand the walking. We do not have to do much walking. Whenever I do come back, there will be some more. Tim said he would ask his brother who told him. I have not been sick since I came here. Don't you believe anything you hear for I am just fine and certainly do have some time. We moved this evening in a different barracks. The mule drivers are all together now. There are 20 coming in Monday. I will drive steady then. Walter applied for a job, but don't know whether he will get it or not. They tried him out, and he did not prove very good, but don't tell anyone he doesn't know I know it. Some of the boys are arguing now about driving. Gus Sachs just said that Curian was half of the feed. Tell Jim that, and he will save some feed. I guess you did not get the last letter I wrote, but you have got it before this. Don't you answer this, and I will answer the last one you sent. I got a letter from Cleo this evening. Tell Jim to write. Tell me what he knows about Cleo. Tell Dad the picture was fine. I've never got mine yet. We'll get some more taken tomorrow. We'll send one soon. Believe me, Dutch is looking good. Seems to like it fine. I would like to have some of the pig. We get lots of beef here. It is right warm here now, too. I guess we won't have to leave Camp Lee. I'm not sure. Think it is a false about the Germans doing so much. Wait until we get there. We will soon scatter them. I don't think I will have to do anything. Nothing but haul supplies. Will not be very dangerous, I don't think. Well, haven't much more to say now. I want to take a bath and shave for inspection tomorrow. We'll write more next time. So, goodbye. November 2nd, 1917, Camp Lee, Virginia. Mr. J.D.R. Dear old brother, I thought I would answer your letter, which I received yesterday. I was glad to hear that you's out there are all well as coming. Well, Abe, these lines leaves the best man I ever were in my life. I just tipped the scales at 165 yesterday. You wouldn't know me now. I tell you, Les is some brute of a man now. I know he will weigh 190 now. The army life is the life for a person. But the firing line would not be so good, I don't think. The way the Germans is going after the Italians, it looked like we will have to go to the France. But a fella can't tell what will turn up by the time we get trained. There's been about 7,000 Negro arrived in Camp Lee in the last week. They're in the north end of camp. Me and two or three other fellas were up the other evening here to them sing. Had a good time. You know, I just got back from the picture show. We have them here three or four times a week. They are free. There will be a man here tomorrow to take the picture. In the next letter I send you, you will find one of them in it. If they are worth sending. We was out in the country about five miles Sunday week. And got our picture taken out there. And got some cotton. 
I'm gonna send David a couple of bunch some of these days. I bet he would be glad to see it. I was out on Cartland detail today. I worked two weeks study at it. They changed the sergeant, and when the new one come, he changes things around some. They talked like they wanted me to work in the shop, but now they're going to get motors to draw the guns with. If they do, it won't take much shoeing. I think I will be able to get a job driving one of them. I had a bunch of fella went on guard last Sunday morning, stayed till Monday evening. There was 15 of us, and I was on two hours and on four. That ain't so bad garden, when it ain't raining. We all learning to drill and keep step together now. We was lucky to get in the field artillery. It is the safest place a soldier can get in the army. We will be about three or four from the enemy line. The infantry and the machine gun go ahead of us. I know if Bill and Isaac don't come, they will have to go in the infantry. I think the F.A. regiment is about complete now. There are three regiments in the F.A. 313, 314, 315. And there were six camping in each one. 200 men to the company. We only got about four or five guns yet to train with. They ain't giving us much gun training. They are giving us plenty of footwork. Got a letter from all yesterday. And there was the picture of my hounds in it. And also Chrissy David was on them. The dogs looked like they was in dandy shape. Got a letter from home today. The one from Gold D yesterday. Kept me busy writing. I wrote Robert Carl a letter a week or so ago. I am anxious to get an answer from him. I know it will be a dandy. They said CB sale amounted to about $1,600. It surely went high to bring that much. Your potatoes surely turned out good, and you and David got pretty good price for them. Tom and David is doing more hair in this than he ever did before, but they are getting their work done all right. Well, Abe, I'm coming home for Christmas, if I get off. I've never asked the captain about it yet. I got a lot of friends down here. They seem to be awful good fellas. I forgot to tell you, I got a card from Jenny Thomas the other day, and he didn't put his address on it. Every letter a fellow sent to take three cents to take it. The light go out now. Right away and I will close, hoping to hear from you sooner or later. Goodbye. From Dutch to Abe. Battery F314FA. Camp Leave, Petersburg, Virginia. Now we get every morning before daylight. Tell me all the news the next time. November 5th, 1917, Petersburg, Virginia. Dear sister, I received your letter today and was glad to hear from you. I have been on guard mount since yesterday morning and just got through this evening. I have had three prisoners to guard. One was a Belgium. He refused to put on his uniform, so they put him in the guardhouse. He's decided to put it on now. And another one said he would rather shoe horses for Germany than he would for the United States. And the other got drunk. I had to take him to mess and wherever they had to go. I did not feel much afraid, for I had a police club. We got our donkeys in today. I will start driving tomorrow. It has been a fine day here today. It has never snowed here yet. We drill in our shirt sleeves most of the time. 
And we had a picture taken of the mule skinners, as they call us here Saturday. We'll send you one soon. Also a picture of the whole company and one of us Ohio County boys. We'll send you one of myself soon. Be sure and tell Mabel my address so I will get some candy. Don't tell Cleo, though. Be sure and send me some mince pie. And tell Jim to have a mess of rabbits, too. Glad to know Bill is all right. Walter sleeps right beside me now. I can't notice much change on him. Dutch has gained 15 pounds. He says his barracks is right beside ours. My arm is all right now. I don't think we will leave Camp Lee. We can't tell, though, there has been some of our boys transferred to different companies. Dave Conrad got three days extra fatigue Saturday when he had inspection for not being shaved. The boys does not like him very well because he goes so dirty. I have never got any extra yet. I shave three or four times a week. I send my clothes to the laundry except for underclothes and socks. I had my Liberty Bonds made over to you, so if anything should happen to me, you could get the money. If you could see this training camp, you would not think Germany would last long. And if there is any questions you want to know about anything here, don't be afraid to ask me. I guess this is all for this time, so answer soon. Less. November 16th, 1917, Petersburg, Virginia. Dear Sister, I received your letter all right and was glad to hear from you. I am just fine and hope you are all the same. Well, I guess our company is going to be busted up. There are 27 going to leave tomorrow. Walter is one of them. I don't have to leave. They are not going out of this camp. Well, I'm going to get to come home Christmas, I guess. I'm driving mules now. Have to drive two pair. I was at Petersburg two times today and once yesterday. Tell Jim I will show him how to drive when I come back. This fellow that got his picture taken with me is a mule driver too. Believe me, he's a fine fellow. He leaves tomorrow too. He's from West Liberty. His name is Calvin Davis. He knows lots of people around Dallas. I think the boys are going back to the infantry where we first was. I weigh 180 pounds, just the way I had my picture taken. I've been writing to Cleo, and she's not been getting my letters, but I get hers all right. She said she was going home Saturday. You let me know if she does. Let me know, and I will send her my picture. Jess Hewitt was over to see me the other day. He seems like a fine fellow. We are having dandy weather here now. The roads are duty. The kids are still barefooted yet. Maybe I didn't have some fun at Petersburg today hallowing at the girls. I went after a piano and some more things at the officers club. Our top sergeant told one of the fellas the other day that I was a good fella and a good worker and tended to my own business. I thought that was a good send off. Excuse this dirty paper. It is off of the pencil. Tell dad I said hello. Well, I will close for this time. I want to box for a while. We'll write more next time. Answer soon. Sunday, November 18th, 1917, Camp Lee, Virginia. Dear sister, we'll write you a few lines and let you know I am well, and I hope you are all the same. I've just got through dinner. 
We had fresh pork and tomato ketchup. It certainly was good. It sure is a fine day here. It is so hot I have to keep my shirt unbuttoned. I was at Petersburg again yesterday. You ought to see me drive four mules now. I'll get a picture taken of the outfit sometime. I think Walter sent a picture home of the whole company. If you go down, you can see it. This picture I am sending is the mule drivers. There's been two of them got fired. As soon as Cleo comes home, you let me know. I want to write to her and send her my picture. What do you think about the Germans surrendering to French? The boys here have all brightened up since the news arrived. It's not going to worry me any. I don't care which way it goes. I expect to come back sometime anyway. I am thinking of taking out $5,000 insurance, so if anything should happen, you and Jim have something to fall back on. I will wait and see if I have to go to France, but I begin to think I will never get to go over. The boys that left us yesterday were back up to us this morning. There may be some more leave this week. I don't think I'll have to go. They are only two miles from here. There are only about 75 in our company now, and there are to be 57 left. I got a letter from Ed Fisher. He said if I was out of there now, he would give me a job driving a team. Roxy has the fever. I've been sending her some cards. Tell Jim to think of me the next black skunk he catches. I never got Mara's letter. How is Dad and Sammy getting along? You wanted to know if I smoke cigarettes. I quit. I smoke my pipe. I thought the picture of Bill in the buggy was fine. I'm going to have bailed hay tomorrow. Believe me, I have it pretty soft. I get to sit and watch the other folks work. Well, I will close. Maybe I will write again soon. It is such a nice day, I want to go outside. So, answer real soon. Lester Scott. November 24, 1917, Camp Lee, Virginia. Well, Abe, I thought I would answer your letter, which I received today, and we're glad to hear from you once more. And was glad to know that everybody is well and getting along good. Well, Abe, I am getting along as good as ever. I'm feeling fine and enjoying myself. Well, Abe, don't blame me for not answering this letter. It was eight days on the road. I just got it this evening. Well, Abe, there was a bunch of men move out of our barrack the other day. We got lots of room here now. There was about 60 of them. Went up in the upper end of camp in the infantry. Me and Les are still where we was, but they took Walter Tolan up there, too. Well, Abe, it starts snow for the first time this morning. It was pretty cold today, for I was on guard last night and today. I got pretty cold without my overcoat and gloves on. I was guarding a barn last night that had 46 mules in it. And maybe you think I was afraid of them mules. I had to pass through once every half hour and count them. Guarding is the only thing I don't like in the army. I tell you, a fellow get lonesome tramping the post. There was 25 of us on guard, and we had eight posts to guard. I was on guard two hours and off of four. Fellow get plenty of sleep. I was working the kitchen today. I had to wash dishes and pans, scrub the floor, peel potatoes. There's only 125 men in our bunch now. We have a good time. Good bed, good fire to sit around and tell tales. 
Well, Abe, I think I will be home sometime in next month. They're gonna give all the fellow furlough. I think if I know I wouldn't have to go to France, I wouldn't come home, but I don't know that. I'm gonna come and be sure of it. I want to have one more fox chase before I go across the pond, for I wouldn't have much time to fox hunt over there. I am anxious to see everybody out there. Anyway, $30 is some money to spend, but I don't care for that. I give that much to hear a good fox chase. We get paid for the time we are gone, and you see that will cut the expense down some. I don't know whether we have to pay full fare or not. I think some of the fellas is going for Thanksgiving, and some for Christmas and New Year's. I reckon you had done husking corn by this time. I heard you lost a dandy hog. I would like to be out there. We would take a coon hunt. Are there any coon out there this fall? Is there any fox at the point now? Well, I will quit for this time and tell you all the news when I come home. I have a sack full of news to tell you. Goodbye. Chas E. Riggle. Address, Battery F314, F.A. Camp Lee, Petersburg, Virginia. Sunday, November 25th, 1917, Camp Lee, Virginia. Dear Sister, I will try to answer your letter which I received last evening. Glad to know you are well. I am just fine. I weigh 184 now. What do you think of that? Well, I guess some of us will get to come home for a furlough through holidays. I guess some will get to come for Thanksgiving. I put in for a pass for one, but I don't know whether I will come or not, for we only get about eight days. I may take you on a surprise, I'm not sure yet. Some of us were asking for a transfer to France today, and the top sergeant told us it was absolutely useless, for we would be there soon anyway. The boys that were transferred are still in camp. They are in infantry. Some of them come up to see us this evening. Suppose you think I am lonesome since W.T. left, but there are boys here I like better than I do him. We got some more pictures taken today of the boys that are in our square room. We'll send you one when I get them. There are only about 50 in our company now, and only 5% can come back at once. I haven't heard from Cleo anymore. Let me know if she comes home. You wanted to know what I was going to do Thanksgiving. I'm going to get my teeth fixed. I got one pulled. I only have two to fix. I have took out $5,000 insurance. If I keep on, I won't have much left. That was some letter that Jess Hewitt wrote. I saw it too. I see the Turkey Run news too. I saw a Dutch last night. He seems to be very happy. I guess he is coming home for a while, but don't know when. He don't think he will have to go to France. The most of the boys want to go. If we do go, we won't get to write and tell anyone. If we were going tomorrow, we wouldn't know it now. We only have to go 20 miles from here to start. Tell Dad and Jim if I was out there, I would show them how to husk corn. It is too late to husk corn now. It snowed a little bit here Saturday, but it wasn't cold. I just wear my shirt. Well, I haven't much to say. I will write twice a week now. We'll let you know when I arrive at Elm Grove so you can meet me. Answer soon. 
November 29, 1917, Camp Lee, Virginia. Dear Sister, I will now answer your letter which I received yesterday. Well, this is a rainy old day here. I want to know what it's like up there. The morning was fine. I could hear the hounds running and the rabbit hunter shooting. One year ago today, Lewis Rhodes and I were hunting. I believe we got five. I think next Thanksgiving I would be doing the same thing, maybe. We didn't have some dinner today. We had turkey and dressing, pumpkin pie, mince pie, fruit cake and oysters, oranges, and even gave us a 5C cigar. There was a bunch of us intended to go hunting if it wasn't raining. I guess us mule skinners is going to get a raise of $40 a month. That is the report now. They are talking of motorizing our company and shipping our mules to Chillicothe. If they do, I suppose I will go too. I would not be very far from home then. You can't tell from here what is going to be done. You wanted me to tell you what I know about the war. I don't know much, but if the reports in the paper are true, the Dutch are doing about their last. I honestly think now, we are going over for things here are slacking up. The buildings are not going up so fast as they were. The officers are not drilling the boys very hard now. I don't think they need any soldiers over there. It would not surprise me if the rest of the boys would not come. If they do, they will go to some other camp or else some will be transferred from here for this camp is nearly full. The law is not passed yet whether it is constitutionally to send us over or not, but I think it will pass all right. You will know by Christmas. I got a letter from Dutch. I sent him a picture. I don't know whether I can come out for the social or not, but I will come up if I get a furlough. And I feel sure I will if there are any issues, for I think I have a good record. I've not had anything marked against me. Tell Jim the fellow with the mustache is George Baker from Wheeling. He was just married two weeks before he came here. The fellow on the extreme left in the middle row is our blacksmith. The one third from me is Charles Lewis from Elm Grove. The one behind the word Skinner's is Gus Sachs. There are several in this picture that we transferred. I will tell you who they all are when I get back. Oh yes, by the way, the fellow behind the word Lee, his name is Honey from Fulton. He couldn't drive four mules. Tell Jim I want to know how he's getting along in the fur business, and is the rabbits plenty, and how is he getting along with the colts? Believe me, we have some bad mules here. We have one we call Dynamite Nitroglycerine. It takes four or five men to harness him, and some we have to throw to shoot. Well, I guess this is all for this time. I suppose I will get a letter from you soon. So goodbye. Your big brother. December 4th, 1917. Camp Lee, Virginia. Dear sister, how are you by this time? I am just fine. I received your letter all right, and surely was glad to hear from you. Well... I will see you Christmas for sure. There will be 19 of the supply go, and the rest for New Year's. I was the 29th on the furlough list, and the top sergeant asked me if I wanted to go for Christmas. I said yes, so he said I could go, but I won't get to stay only three or four days. And don't forget, I want you to have Cleo there. But don't you go tell any brother and invite anyone there, for I won't have much time to talk. 
Do not tell anyone I am coming, for I want to take some of them on a surprise. You can, Cleo. I am going to write her as soon as she answers. I would not have come, but I knew you would have a conniption fit if I didn't. <laughs> it will not be long until we will all be back anyway. I will start from here on the 23rd. I will let you know after what time I will land. Don't know just what time I will get to start. I don't know whether Dutch will come or not. I was talking to Jess H. some. He isn't going home. He says the war won't last long. He comes over and watches us catch the mules. We have a carol to turn them out in. On Sunday, we have to lasso some of them. Oh yes, by the way, Gene Woods is in the same battery Dutch is in. I haven't saw it yet. There are some of our fellas won't get to come because they were caught playing poker. There were one of the supply company boys got shot in Petersburg the other night. He is getting some better now. Well, I will ring off for this time, so answer soon. We'll see you Christmas. You are listening to From Camp Lee to the Great War, the letters of Lester Scott and Charles Riggle. World War I soldiers from Wheeling, West Virginia, Scott and Riggle were drafted in 1917 and trained at Camp Lee, Virginia. Lester Scott served as a wagoneer, mule team driver, in the 314th Field Artillery Supply Company, Battery A, 80th Blue Ridge Division in France. Dutch Riggle was a PFC with the same unit. These are their letters home. Camp Lee, Virginia, December 7, 1917. To J.D. Riggle. Hello there, Jim. I received your letter yesterday a.m. Surely was glad to hear from you once more. And glad to hear that you and boss is well. And this letter leaves me in good health and feeling fine. Well, Abe, I never felt better in my life than I have since I come down here. Me and Les have signed up for a furlough for Christmas, but we only get five days, and that ain't very long to stay, but I expect we'll want to come back here. There was a fellow went home, and he said he was anxious to get back, but I don't know whether he meant it or not. I think everybody's going to get a furlough for Christmas and New Year's. I signed up for Christmas, but I might not get to come before New Year's. Soldiers all can't leave at one time. They have to divide them up. Well, Abe, we all have a nice weather down here now. Haven't had any snow yet, and it don't look much like any very soon. I expect we will freeze to death when we come up there. We're drilling in our shirt sleeves. It was a pretty good frost this morning. Well, Abe, I suppose the rabbit season will be over by the time I get home, but I know the follow will be in. I surely want to have a race when I am out. Is there any fox at the point this winter? How does Rags perform after Coons? Is he any good or not? Is Tom and David hunting very much this fall? Did they take old speed out with them hunting? We got paid today. I draw $30 and I'm going to keep it to come home on. And tell them at home they don't need to look for any money this month. Tell them to look for me about the 24th, I think. We leave here on Sunday, 23rd, if I come home for Christmas. Now that would be my last time to come till after the war is over. I wouldn't come this time, but 
Them at home want me to come, and that is the reason I'm coming. It takes so much money to come on, but if I go to France, I might not need any money, but I don't think we'll have to go. But a fellow can't tell very much about it. I think the Germans is getting the fur knocked out of them now. The American have a good bunch of troops over there now. And the submarine isn't doing very much development now. Seems funny how Germany hold out like she does. She is bound to get licked after a while. I reckon you're done husking corn by this time. Is Chrissy helping Tom and David husk corn? Are they done yet? Corn wasn't a very good crop, was it? Have you sold your potatoes yet? You want to save me some of them apples for I want a good mess of them when I come out. I have been having some to eat. I have pretty good eating now since I got that stuff from them. I got a box from Vince and two from All and Bess and also got plenty of honest snuff. I tell you, I got pretty hungry for my snuff. I couldn't get any down here. Well, Abe, it would be worth a good bit for you to be down here and see this place and see this bunch of troops. There are about 6,000 Negro troops here, and you never saw a lively bunch of fellas as they are. There are some dandy singers among them. The Secretary of War Baker was here yesterday, and the soldiers all marched past him. It took them two hours to pass him, four and abreast. There is about 40,000 troops here. <laughs> it surely looked nice to see that many fellas in a bunch, all dressed the same. You said something about the kitchen. I like it all right. I've only been in the kitchen four times since I've been here. I was in the kitchen yesterday. Maybe I won't have to be in there again for a month. Everybody have to take their turn, and that isn't very hard on any of us. They ain't drilling us very much. Now they got us out working at something most of the time. I haven't got any gun drill yet. Well, Abe, I have scribble enough for this time. I will close hoping to see you and Boss Christmas. From your brother. Goodbye. Charles Riggle. Battery F314FA. Camp Lee, Petersburg, Virginia. Answer soon. I'll write more the next time. I tell you all the news when I come home. December 15, 1917, Camp Lee, Virginia. Dear Sister, I will write you a few lines to let you know I am well and hope you are the same. I received your letter two days ago. Would have answered sooner, but was waiting to see if I was coming home for Christmas. But guess we are all out of luck. Our Secretary of War says there will be none issued at present, but the President is trying to overrule his decision. So we may get to come yet. But if we don't, we will get to come later. So don't be disappointed, for you will not be the only one for none of the rest of the boys gets to go. Maybe we aren't having some cold weather here. Nearly to 30, I guess, and six inches of snow. We just have plates on our mules. I had to have a helper on my wagon to get my mules up. But do you know I enjoy that kind of work? I got promoted to a first-class private today. What do you know about that? I will walk the private step now like any fella does, but I don't want it in the paper. We will get rid of the mules soon. Got a letter from Cleo today. She is in Wheeling now. I think when we do come back, we will get ten days. If I do come, I will let you know soon. We'll call you when I get to the Grove. 
I got a letter from Vincent yesterday, and one from Ed. It is too bad that Jim wouldn't let you have the horse to go to the social. He must be boss, I guess. <laughs> you want to be careful this cold weather. He might take a notion to run off with you. Who had to milk that evening? You? You ought to be in the army a while. I imagine you would get over those spells. I think you would do what you were told, anyway, at least. I don't do like I used to with Dad. I don't tell the officers to go and do it theirself. You know I get along good, or I wouldn't have got to be first-class private. That isn't very much, but believe me, it is better than being a buck private. There will be some more of our boys transferred to South Carolina soon. One of the fellows left and went home for nine days. He is in the guardhouse now for 20 days. If one deserts in a time of war, the punishment is death. So, I guess I will not try it. Well, I will close for this time, so answer soon. We'll see you all before long. Your brother. December 20th, 1917, Camp Lee, Virginia. Dear sister, how you was? I am just fine. Received your letter today. Certainly was glad to hear from you. Wrote you a letter some time ago, but guess you had not got it yet. Well, I can't get up for Christmas, but we'll get to come sometime after the 1st of January. There are three of our company go Saturday. They put them in a box and shook them up. The numbers that were drawn got to Christmas and New Year's. After New Year's, we are going in alphabetically form. One will go each day, so you see there will be quite a few ahead of me. We'll only get five days. I'm not working this afternoon. We had an examination for tuberculosis. All passed but one or two. I think when I walked up to be examined, the officer, or rather the doctor, asked me what I was before I came to the army. A preacher or a prize fighter. And after I went through, he asked if I was a prize fighter. I told no, I was nothing but a common farmer. I weigh 188 now, so you know I would look like a preacher. It's real warm here today. Would like to be out and take a sleigh ride. I suppose Bill and Barney matches up good. If I was out there, I would drive Linda for him. Tell him I would like to see him drive some of these green mules. I will not have to drive very long. I will drive a truck or take charge of a detail. I don't know which. Dave Conrad is still with us yet. He would not be here if he wasn't a good truck driver. Oh, yes, Dutch was driving mules today. He was just on for today. Did not know Burl had moved. How is Dad standing the weather? Tell Jim if he was here, he could catch lots of rabbits. They are thick here. Bunch of us boys will run them down ourselves. Caught a possum to hang them to freeze, and someone stole them. So, you see, we are out of luck. I'm in a hurry. We'll close. We'll write as soon as I get your other letter. Answer soon. The first thing you do is excuse this poor writing. Camp Lee, Virginia. Sunday, December 23rd, 1917. To James D. Riggle. Dear brother, 
I thought I would try and answer your letter which I received a few days ago. Certainly glad to hear from you once more. I'm glad to hear that you are all well and getting along all right. I am well as could be and feeling fine. Well, it will be a good while yet before I get to come home. They draw my name the 104th draw, and you see it will be a good while yet before I get to come. It'll be in the month of February anyway. They only let 5% of them go at a time. It will be a good while to wait, but the time will run around pretty quick. I don't know when Les is coming home. I wish we could come together, but I don't expect we will, for I know he will be at home first. There's only 58 in the supply company, and there's 107 in our battery. We ain't crowded a bit here. There was a bunch of our men transferred from here to North Carolina to the regular army. I don't know whether there will be any more transfer or not. I hope not, till we all get a furlough. Then I don't care where they take me. I saw in the paper with two Bill Riddle left Moundsville for Georgie to the cost artillery. We got a pretty good place at that. Cost artillery will never go across the pond. They may never see a battle unless the German come across, and there ain't much danger of them doing that. There are a few cooks and a few soldiers going to France next week. They just volunteered to go. Two out of battery and a cook goes. There was 50 of them wanted to go, but they would only let two go. Well, Abe, I just drilled about two minutes last week. On detail to work all the rest of the time. I saw a piece in the paper where they were going to send all the farmers back in the spring. I don't know whether there is anything of it or not. I don't know whether I would like to leave the army or not. Maybe you wouldn't hardly know me now. I was weighed yesterday in my shirt sleeve and just weighed 170. You know I never weighed that much before. Everybody look hardy here. I don't know what is the reason unless they are monkeying around and not doing much labor. That's the same, but man, now I expect he will weigh 190. I suppose Mary and Jane hated to see Bill leave for the army. It ain't much of a job to come to the army, but it is a hell of a job to get out of it. Charlie said old Joe died. I expect David went nearly crazy over him. I haven't gotten a letter from home for a good while. We're going to have a big dinner here for Christmas, and I expect we'll have a good time here for... There will be a lot of stuff sent here by the Red Cross for Christmas. There was for Thanksgiving. I heard a while ago there will be five soldiers leave here every day on a furlough. If that is the case, I will be home about the 15th of January. I bet them fella hated to leave Moundsville Thursday being so near Christmas. I know I wouldn't like to leave at that time. What is the reason Jess Riggle didn't have to go to the army? We are having some winter here now. There was nine inches of snow fell here for the first time and it lay on the ground for about a week. Now you watch and don't eat all them apples for I want a good mess of them. They are a nickel apiece here and a fella couldn't afford to buy very many at that price. Well, I will quit for this time and tell you all the news when I come home. Before I close, I wish you and boss a Merry Christmas and Happy New Year's. Forever your brother, Old Dutchman to Abe and Boss. Battery F-314-FA, Camp Lee, Petersburg, Virginia. December 25th, 1917, Camp Lee, Virginia. Dear sister, how are you all by this time? I'm just fine. 
Received your letter all right. Well, this is a fine day here. We are going to have a big dinner today. I can't remember what I was doing last Christmas. I suppose Jim will be rabbit hunting today. Well, you can look for me home most any time. I may come next week, maybe before. I may get someone to bring me up from the grove in a machine. I will only get to stay a short time. I guess I won't get to see Cleo, for I won't have time to let her know when I was coming. There were three more went home yesterday. 5% will go every other day, so you see, I can't tell when I will come. There are only 54 in our company now, so therefore, you get five days. Five days from the time we start until we get back. If we should be late coming back, we will be slapped in the guardhouse. Well, I don't know much more to say, so goodbye. Answer soon. January 1st, 1918, Camp Lee, Virginia. Dear sister, I will try to answer your letter which I received yesterday. How are you all by this time? I am feeling fine, although I am in the hospital with German measles. You may think I am sick, but I feel fine. My temperature is normal, and I have a good appetite, and I also get plenty to eat. There's another fellow out of company here, too. We have been here since Saturday. I will be home next Sunday if I can get out of here. I am most sure I will. I will leave here Saturday at noon, and if I make good connections, I will get to Wheeling at 10 o'clock Sunday. I got a letter from Cleo yesterday. She said she would go, but when I come up, you call her up and go to the grove after her so she can be there when I come out. If I should not get to come Saturday, I will be there sure next week. I did not hear anything about the flag being seen. I saw by the paper that they are going to send the farm boys back in spring if they were far enough advanced in their training, just until the crops were in and harvested. I do not think there is anything to it. You can think what you want to. For my part, I would just as soon stay in the army. Believe me, we are having some cold weather here. I don't get a bit lonesome in here. There is a fellow here right beside me from Wet Sulphur Springs, Greenbrier County. He's an old hunter. He hunts bear, deer, wild cats, all kind of game. He has two deer hounds. I gave him Jim's address. He said when he goes home next week, he would send him a pup. He will have a hunting dog then. He says they will hunt anything. I know Jim will be glad to get one. He says he will let him know if he sends it. It will not cost anything. Believe me, we got some fine-looking nurses in here. One looks just like Cleo. I wouldn't mind staying here for a while. I haven't saw Walter for a good while. I never think of him anymore. Don't you get to thinking I am sick, for I feel fine. If I didn't feel good, I would tell you so. The nurse just told me I could get up tomorrow, so you know I will soon be out. Well, I will close. There is no use for you to ride, for I will see you soon. Be sure and have Cleo there. Goodbye.
Gambley, Virginia, January 2nd, 1918. To J.D. Riggle. Dear Brother, I thought I would answer your letter which I received today and was glad to hear from you once more and glad to hear you and Boss are both well. I am well now, but I had the measles a few days ago, but I didn't have them very bad. I never was off duty with them. Our top sergeant never knowed I had them. If he had, he would have sent me to the hospital. They don't hurt a person like the measles I had before. Les is in the hospital now with them, but he hasn't got them very bad. He been up there for about four days. He will likely get back about Sunday. I wish I was lucky enough to get to come home when Les does. I will come about the 15th of this month. I don't know for sure when he will get to come. I would like to have been out there for Christmas and tuck in some of them good time, but we had a splendid good time here and a number one good dinner here for Christmas. Just as good as I would want. And the captain gave us a dandy good talk after dinner. Where did you and Boss spend your Christmas at? I suppose at home. I see in the paper where you're having some powerful cold weather up there now. I tell you, we are having some powerful cold weather here now. It was one or two below zero, and you know that hemp very warm. It is snowing like the devil tonight, but it isn't very cold. Gee, but I am anxious to see all of you people out there. But if you only knowed what a hard trip that is, you would study a while about coming. Tub Mariner starts tomorrow for home on his furlough. There are five going out of our battery every day. I thought there for a while we wasn't going to get to come home, but I think every man will get to now. There are 22 prisoners in the guardhouse now. They won't get to come home for that. What they got in there for, running off and going home. There's been two from our battery run off. They come back again. They get three months for it, and they make them work every day. I saw in the paper where the two Bills Riggles went to the army in Georgia for the coast artillery. I bet they won't get in an easier place than I am. We just get enough drill and work together here for good exercise. It don't look much like they're in a very big hurry about training us here. I don't care how soon we go to France. After I come home and get back to Camp Lee, the quicker the better. For me, being in the army takes the cowardliness out of a fella. I don't think it would excite me a bit to be in a battle. I don't think we'll ever see France. I think the Germans are getting pretty tired of the war now, the way they are talking peace. They better be thinking about it pretty soon, for when the American gets all her force over there, she won't know what was happening. I think Germany can see what they are going to get up against, too. That what is making her want peace. I say she ought to get a good whipping before it is over. If they would make peace with her now, she would prepare up again, go back in the war stronger than ever. I don't see how she has ever held out this long. Submarine is not doing much now. I think that was the last chance to win the war. Well, I will quit for this time talking about the war for I don't know much about it, but I know one thing, she will never win this war. Walter Tolan did leave here two or three months ago. He went up to the infantry, but I don't know whether he is there or not. Now, there was a bunch transferred from here a month ago to North Carolina. He might have went with them. He hasn't been down for a good while. Me, Tub, and Les are here in the same regiment yet. 
I suppose you've got your colts looking dandy this winter. Les was telling me you had his horse, keeping it for him. That's surely a cheap way to get a driving horse. Well, I wrote all the foolish I can think of, and I will quit. You don't need to answer this letter unless I don't come home. Forever your old brother, Dutch. Goodbye. C.E. Riggle, Battery F, 314FA, Camp Lee, Petersburg, Virginia. P.S. Listen, don't let everybody read these crazy letters. Sunday, January 6th, 1918, Camp Lee, Virginia. Dear sister, how you was? I'm just fine. I came back from the hospital yesterday. Well, I will be out next Thursday sometime sure if something doesn't turn up again. I had a chance for the months, but I can't remember if I had them or not. I don't have anything to do for a few days until I get in a little better shape. I'm able to be out, although I'm a little weak yet, and I'm not in as good of order as I was. I don't know when Dutch is coming home. I haven't seen him for a few days. I don't know whether to have some of you come after me or not. I don't know what time I will get to Wheeling. The trains have been so late. If the roads are not bad, I expect I could get a car to fetch me out. If you think a machine could not get there, let Dad or Jim come to Hans Livery Stable and wait for me. Do not start until noon. It may be late in the evening when I get there. I will leave here Wednesday at noon. Don't start if the roads are drifted. I know you have been having bad weather out there, for it has been fierce here. If Dad wishes to come after me, you can let him come if Jim should be busy. I am sorry I can't stay longer. Two days and two nights will be the limit. I will have to stay one night in Wheeling to get the train back, as it leaves sometime near 6 o'clock in the morning. We'll close for this time, so goodbye. Yours respectfully, Les. At Camp Lee, Virginia, January 9th, 1918. Dear Sister, how are you getting along? I'm feeling fine. I haven't been working any this week. I suppose you will be disappointed because I couldn't come, but the passes were all stopped for a little while. There's going to be a big inspection here in a day or so. After it is over, we will come then. I am sorry I wrote and told you to meet me. This is the day I was to start. The boys that were to go yesterday were ready to go when we got orders we couldn't go. Dutch was to Sunday. I don't know when he will come now. We are going to try to come together if we can. We will get to come, all right. That is the surest thing in the world. I thought sure I was taking the mumps yesterday, but I didn't. I think I will start to work tomorrow. I have to report to the doctor every morning. Whenever he tells me I am able to work, I will start. Dutch had the measles and never stopped drilling. I don't think he had them so bad as I did. If you get the mumps here, you have to stay in the hospital 19 days. So, I don't think I would want them. I think I would have been able to work several days ago. I have a good appetite. This picture I am sending is one we had taken out in the woods two miles from camp. We were after Holly to decorate the mess hall for Christmas. 
We also had a picture taken of three mule teams in a breast. We'll try to get one. The driver's and me standing up behind the one on the ground with the pipe in his mouth. The other one is on the right of the shed. The other on the ground is our blacksmith. He will have to leave for France in a short time. Well, I will close for this time. So, don't look for me until you see me coming. I will get a car to bring me out. I may be out at any time. We'll close hoping to hear from you soon. Lester Scott. Camp Lee, Virginia, January 19th, 1918. Dear Sister, We'll try to answer your welcome letter which I received yesterday and was surely glad to hear from you. I am feeling fine now. We had some snow here last night, but it is melting fast today. I don't know whether to answer Cleo's letter or not. Don't know whether she will be there or not. Think if she would have cut much more of her hair off, she wouldn't have any left. I'm certainly sorry you made so many trips after me, but it can't be helped now. I am not able to say yet whether there will be any more passes issued or not. I have been studying whether to come or not. It is such a long trip for two days at home. I am contented as long as I know you are all well, and you don't need to worry about me, for you know I will take care of myself. I will let you know about the Army life when I come back to stay, and it is possible that I will be sent back to help on the farm for a while. There is some talk of it now. You will never need to worry about Jim having to leave, for I feel sure there will be no more farmers taken, and otherwise do not think they will be needed. There are big bets up here now that we will never go over. Some think it is over now. Some think it will be over in two months. Others think it will last two years. Judge for yourself is the way I do. We are having three kinds of school every night now. One is military courtesy. Another first aid, signaling, and singing. Also, I haven't saw Walter for some time. I have one of the shells he shoots. We'll bring it out if I come, if it should be possible we ever go over. I have a trunk I will send home. I also have something nice for you, too. If Cleo is still there, tell her I will write her as soon as I know where she is. How's Bill getting along? We'll close for this time. Answer soon and tell me all the news. Give Dad and all my friends my best. Goodbye. Good luck. Lester Scott. Camp Lee, Virginia, January 23rd, 1918. Dear Sister, Thought I would drop you a few lines to let you know I am well except I am afraid I am taking the mumps. I was to the doctor this morning. He said he couldn't tell yet. My jaw has swelled some. I will start home in the morning if I am able. If I don't get to come, you will know I am in the hospital. I will write from there. Gus Sachs goes home today and two more fellas. If I don't come tomorrow, I will get to come later. You don't need to worry about me, for I know how to take care of myself. Dutch will be home before long, too. I've been having some pretty hard luck, but if I have everything now, I won't have them sometime again. 
We're going to get our truck soon. The only reason I don't like to go to the hospital, you have to stay so long. It takes 18 days with mumps. But we get plenty to eat and good treatment. I don't think myself I will get to come, for I feel sure I have got them. We'll write again tomorrow if I don't come. Well, I don't know much more to say, so I will close. Hope to hear from you soon. Yours respectfully, Lester Scott. Camp Lee, Virginia, January 24th, 1918. Dear Sister, I will try to write you a few lines to let you know I am feeling fine with the exception of a big jaw. I was ready to start home this morning, but had to come to the hospital. I was afraid to start on such a long trip anyway. The doctor did all he could for me to get me to come, but was afraid to let me start. The other time I was to come, I took the measles just a week before I was to leave. Got back the day I was to start. I feel fine and have a good appetite and get plenty of good stuff to eat. I will be here 18 days. Don't have to do anything. I'm going to come home as soon as I get out again. Our company commander told me I would get to come home straight. There are several boys here with me that hasn't got to come home yet. I know some of them. It is not lonesome at all. We have got a Victrola and plenty of records. I don't have to stay in bed. I can go around all I please. I never saw as many mumps and measles. There is one of our boys home now with mumps. And one got as far as Pittsburgh and took the measles and had to stay there until he got well. I will venture to say that there is one-fourth of the boys in camp with mumps and measles. Did you ever get the letter I sent when I was in the hospital before? I am not in the same one I was before. I was taken there this morning. It was not very bad, so I was brought back here. It is called the Convalescent Field Hospital. It is not far from our regiment. This is just for the ones that isn't serious. Otherwise, it is just the same as our barracks, only we have doctors here. We are not allowed to stay around the barracks with any contagious disease. This was the nicest winter day we have had here. There is nearly six inches of snow on, but it is real warm. I see by the paper you have been having very cold weather up there. We had some of the coldest weather here last week I ever saw. Bet you people up there couldn't have stood it here. The air is so much different here. There is a fellow here from Clarksburg. He knows Clarence Barnhart. I meet people here from nearly all parts of the U.S. I thought of you people up there through cold weather. I can imagine how Jim would step around. Tib Mariner says his brother would like to buy Bill back. If you don't wish to keep him, you can sell him. Do whatever you please with him. He may come in handy next summer, but if you think you do not need him, sell him for whatever you can get for him. You and Jim can fix it up to suit yourself. I know how well you like the buggy ride. <laughs> well, I must ring off for this time. Address my mail the same. I have lots of friends that will bring it to me. You may think this is hard luck because it could not come home. But you know, the worst is always for the best. Answer soon. Goodbye. 
from Fatface. Camp Lee, Virginia, January 30th, 1918. J.D. Riggle, Dallas, West Virginia. Dear brother, I received your letter yesterday and was glad to hear from you and glad to hear that everybody is well. These few lines leave me as well as ever, feeling fine, and hope they will find you the same. We are having some rain here this week, but it ain't very cold. I suppose you are having plenty of snow out there. Les has the mumps, and he is in the hospital with them. This makes the second time he has been up there. I don't suppose they will hurt him much, for there's been a lot of boys here in camp had them. Les was going to come home the day he took them. That was last Thursday, 25th, and I was coming Sunday, 28th, but they stopped them passes again. I think probably we will get to come before long. Now, the reason they stopped, they want to practice on those big guns this week. Part of the regiment has been out already and fire the guns. I tell you, they do roar when they go off. I never been out yet. Our battery allowed to go out today, but it is raining like the devil here today, and you know we don't go out in the rain. We have not drilled any for a good while. We are having times pretty easy at the present. Me and Les might get to come home together yet, I can't tell. There was only 11 more yet from our battery. This is the nicest winter I ever put in. It is a lot warmer here than it is up in West Virginia. We had hardly any snow here yet. I got a card from Bill Riggle. He's down in Georgia. He says it is warm down there and they have a cement road to drill on. We have a cement road here. We go out nearly every morning for a little hike on it. They surely have this camp fixed up dandy. Electric light every place, hot and cold water in the bathhouse. It's surely nice to get under warm water in the winter. Well, Abe, did your corn get sold this fall? Are you done husking yet? Is Zoe and David done husking corn yet? And the reason I haven't been writing, I thought I'd be home most any time. This make the third time I've been mocked up for home and got disappointed, and the next time I think I will get to come. Well, Abe, it looked like they will have to do something pretty soon over in Germany. The way the people is doing there, I think the war will close in two or three months. Yes, I got a letter from G.W. Kimball last week. He said he sold his farm back to Amos. I allow he would sell it this spring. The boys are having a game of poker right over from where I'm writing this letter, and I can't think of anything to write. I am 24 today. We'll write more the next time. Hoping to see you all in the near future. Goodbye. C.E. Riggle, Battery F-314, F.A. Camp Lee, Petersburg, Virginia. So long. P.S. Did you hear about Gail Lemons dying? Kimball was telling me about it. Camp Lee, Virginia, February 1st, 1918. Dear Sister, Received your letter yesterday and was glad to hear from you. I'm feeling fine. My mumps are all gone now. 
I received a letter from Cleo, too. She says she isn't going back over to number two anymore. She also says, hers in my picture hangs on the wall no more. I wonder if anybody cares. She told me you're going to church, too. She says you did something to her before she left. Wouldn't tell what it was. She says if wouldn't get mad, she wouldn't do it anymore. Maybe I'm not going to tell her a few. I knew you and her would have trouble. You don't need to think I care in the least. Tell me all about it when you write. I don't blame Charles M. Annie. I would have done the same if I could. I got a letter from Ed Fisher yesterday, too. Don't say anything to Charles about what I said. I would like for you to see the letter she wrote. I have to laugh when I read it. She says she is out all around now. I will bring the letter up when I come home on my pass. She says she hopes to hear for better or worse from me. I imagine it'll be worse. I am glad to know you're going to have the war to close so soon. I see by the morning's paper that the president says this year will end it. You don't need to be uneasy about us going over a month or so, but I really think we are going over. I've been telling you, we wasn't, but I suppose you know as much about the situation as I do. You may not have as much time to read as I do, but that hasn't anything to do with it. I have been saying all the time that this summer will end it for the working class over there, and the socialists are raising the devil now. Anyone would know they are nearly starving to death. It'll be four years next August since the war broke out. That is as long as any ever lasted, yet I think he was speaking of Tea Garden. I can remember him saying up at number two schoolhouse before I left that this was only the beginning of this great war. Our chaplain was in to see me the other day. He reminds me of Tea Garden some. I didn't know what he could want when he came. Thought maybe he was going to give me an honorable discharge. There are two more of our company in the hospital now. Charles Lewis and Adam Magner of Tradelphia. And there are eight in quarters not able to work. The people up at Dallas must know more about us going over than we do. When we do go, we won't have time to let anyone know if we land safe. There will be a cablegram sent back to let you know it. You wanted to know, they have a good straw tick on them and two wool blankets and one heavy comforter no sheet. I will show you the style we make them when I come back. I have two pillows, too. I suppose Dutch is home now. I got another sweater coat and helmet from the Red Cross yesterday. Tell Jim I will bring him one when I come out. I guess I have some pulse warmers, too, I will bring. And a helmet. It is fine. I will go to dinner now. We'll write after dinner. Well, I've had my dinner now. Had baked beans, rice, meat, and coffee. I sure eat some, too. I'm not near so fat as I was, and I don't want to be either. I'm about the same size I was when I left. We have inspection every day here. I don't expect you know what I mean. We have to have our bunks just so. And shaved, floor clean, mess kit shined, and such stuff as that. I forgot to tell you what the weather is like here. There is about three inches of snow on, and warm, and cloudy, and ice froze all over the trees. 
forgot to tell you that Oliver Moss has one side of his face paralyzed, can't shut his eye. Ed Fisher told me. Ed is on jury now, has to walk to the grove. The roads are drifted, so he said. He saw Tom Conrad sporting his little wife up the street when he was home. <laughs> Must have been Dave. Tom hasn't been home yet. Well, I will close this time. We'll write more soon. You can look for me home soon as I get out of here. Answer soon. Watch Cleo don't pull your hair. Monday, February 5th, 1918, Camp Lee, Virginia. Dear Sister, Thought I would write you a few lines just to let you know I am well, and I hope you are all the same. I am looking for another letter from you soon. I will get out of here next Monday. I don't know whether to come home or not. I hate that long trip and the idea of getting to stay only two days. I am sure I will be back soon anyway. But if you want me to come, let me know, and I will come along. As long as you know I am well, you don't need to worry. You may think because I have been in the hospital so much that I am not well, but I haven't been sick since I have been here. There are nearly 75 in this little field hospital with mumps, so you can imagine what is in the base. It is ten times as large as this one. I expect more. I see by the morning's paper that the rest of the West Virginia boys are going to Camp Meade. I'd rather be there than here. If I were back on the farm now, I wouldn't be afraid of having to leave. You will see I am right. Tell Jim that he never needs to be afraid of having to leave. I would rather be here than on the farm if it wasn't so cold. And I guess it, it just gets as hot in the summer as it does cold in the winter. I remember a Frank Kimmins saying he was at Norfolk one time when it snowed and it didn't lay on but half a day. I think it must have been in the summertime. Norfolk is only a little way from here. I was thinking of something yesterday that Frank Rhodes told me about camp life. He sure knew what he was talking about. I would like to talk to him now. If I come home, I'm going over and see him. He is as sharp a fella as there is around in that community. I wish now I would have minded him, joined the Knights of Pythias. I'm anxious to get out and see Dutch, see what kind of time he had at home. I believe he likes it better here than he does at home. Moore Pattinson is in the same regiment I am in. He is a first-class bugler. I've never got to talk to Gene Woods yet. I will see him when I get out. Do you remember the fight him and I had when we were kids going to Sayers School? I can remember it well. I haven't seen JBH for some time. You can judge what kind of fella he is by the letter wrote to his mother. I guess you saw it. I will bet Jim could at least. He is too inquisitive. He never learnt much from me. He is in the same battery Dutch is. I would like to be out and take a horseback ride. I see the officers riding by here. 
I believe Bill is just as good to ride as any they have here. I suppose you don't know what is meant by saluting. It is what we have to do to the officers. Have to bring our right hand up to our right eye in a very correct manner. If we don't, we would get balled out. I suppose Dutch will tell you all about it. I've never been balled out yet. Our lieutenant told Pasco, the fella in the mule skinner group, to look so squinty that he was nothing but a damned bonehead. It was all he could figure out of him, so you can imagine by that how they will tell you. It is sure death to strike an officer if they wish to give it to you. One fella in the camp got a dishonorable discharge and ten years in prison and two-thirds of his taken from him for stealing a very small sum of money. I haven't saw W.F. for some time. Don't know whether he is in camp or not. I don't think I would write any more letters if I were him. I presume he told Berth to put it in the paper. <laughs> don't you never undertake to put anything in the paper I write or you will never get any more. After I go over there, you can if you wish to. Do they ever hear from Lee and White anymore? I wish now I had enlisted in the cavalry. I would like it better. I'd like to be with the horses. I am tired of seeing mules. I have the honor of being as good a driver as there is in the company. I haven't drove any for five or six weeks. I think we will have the truck soon. I guess Dutch will drive a truck, or at least he qualified. Dutch is liked by all the boys in his company. Well... I guess this will be enough for this time. So, goodbye. Answer soon. Watch for good news from me. February 11th, 1918. Camp Lee, Virginia. Dear sister, I received your letters this evening. I got back from the hospital today, and I am just feeling fine. I weigh nearly as much as I did before I went to the hospital. There were six letters here from me. Two from Cleo, one from Charles Gettings, one from Vincent F., two from you. Mrs. Fisher sent me a pair of wristlets. They are fine. I was over to see Tub Mariner this evening. He said Dutch started home yesterday. Well, boss, I don't think I will come home. One of our boys started home yesterday to his brother's funeral and got as far as Washington, D.C. and had to come back. The trains were running, so you see, there wouldn't be much use for me to start. I might get there, but it would take all my time on the road. Boss, every fellow that has been home yet says they wouldn't go home no more on five days furlough. I don't want you to think hard of me because I don't come. I certainly would like to see you all, but... I am just contented fine here as long as I know you are all well and I think you should be the same with me. I have been telling you the truth of everything and I just got treated fine at the hospital. Had lots of fun too. The boys were all glad to see me come back. I think nearly everyone shook hands with me. Believe me, I have plenty of friends here. I don't know what would make Bill Riggle talk that way. He is nothing but a baby anyway. I hear they are going to move us to Pennsylvania somewhere. 
We hear so much here we can't tell. If we do, I will come home then. I see by the paper we won't go over before summer because they can't furnish no transportation to get us over. I believe it is true. <sighs> Cleo is trying to apologize now, but that don't go with me. I would like for you to see the letter she wrote. They remind me of the notes the Kaiser used to use to the president. I may write to her once more. Well, I guess I will close for this, Tom. You can watch for a package from me soon. We'll send you your present. Don't get mad because I don't come home. Keep in good humor and work good. You will see me home sometime when you are not expecting me. I forgot to tell you we are having fine weather here. I will start driving mules now. Goodbye. Answer soon. We'll write more soon. Excuse writing as I have a lot more to write. Watch for good news. Scotty. Camp Lee, Virginia. Saturday, February 23rd, 1918. To J.D. Riggle. Hello, Abe. I thought I would write you a few lines this afternoon to let you know that I am still living and as well as ever. Took me a good while to get my sleep out after I came back. I just now begin to feel like I did before I left. Well, Abe, I beat that letter here you sent me two or three days. We surely are having some dandy weather here now. It does just look like springtime. I haven't drilled a bit since I came back. I have been on detail every day but one, and I was on guard that day. Abe, tell boss Les is out of the hospital and is all right now. Me and him is going to Lake Mont tonight to the show. He talked like he isn't coming home. I told him, boss, what he said. I believe he thinks the trip is too long for the short stay at home, and I do too. That stay just seemed like one day to me. I don't think I will come again till the war is over, unless I could get ten days at home. Abe, I heard the captain say the other night that we wouldn't be ready for France before October. That will be a good while yet. I think the war will be over before that time. The captain think it won't last much longer. I would like to be in one battle before it is over anyway. For all I know, I might be in several of them before it is over. I like the army good, but you see, it won't make me a bit mad when it is over so I can get back and help do the farm work. That all that worries me. Too much work for Thomas. If it wasn't for that, I'd just as soon stay in the army as long as they would keep me. If a fella stay with this job long enough, there is good money in it. Our first sergeant gets $62 a month, and he only been in the Army 10 years. I sent 45 to Tom last Saturday. I don't know whether he got it or not. When you see him, tell him to write me right away so I will know he got it. It was just express money order, and I just put it in a letter, and it might get lost. The next I send, I'm going to request it. Then I know it will be safe. This is safe too, but if it get lost, it would be a lot of bother to me to get it straightened up. I am going to send one of those shells home as soon as I get out to hunt some of them. I suppose you're having some nice weather to husk corn out there now. Won't be long till plowing time again. I tell Tom to plow all he can handle for. I might be home in time to help husk corn the next fall. 
Well, Abe, them apples come in dandy coming back. I was only 19 hours coming back to camp. Well, I will close right more the next time. As ever, your brother Dutch. Goodbye. Battery F314FA, Camp Lee, Petersburg, Virginia. Answer when you feel like it. Tell me news. February 24th, 1918, Camp Lee, Virginia. Dear sister, received your welcome letter today and was more than glad to hear from you. I'm feeling just fine. Hope y'all are also. This has certainly been a fine day. Warm as summer. There were five of us boys took a trip out in the country on some mules. Maybe we didn't have some time. Two of the fellas got thrown off but escaped any injury. Believe me, I am having the time of my life. I was in town yesterday and last night. I got a gold inlay put in my front tooth. It cost me $5. I'm going to get the rest fixed in town. The dentists here don't suit me. There are some dentists in there. I have another front tooth that has decayed since I came here. I don't know what makes them decay so have been taking good care of them. I'm nearly bald also. I will get some more pictures taken soon. I'm getting fat again now. We sure do get some fine eats now. We had roast veal for dinner, fresh pork yesterday too. I haven't heard from Cleo lately. JBH was transferred out of this regiment. Don't think anyone cared much. It was announced the other evening at retreat that this regiment was only detached to this division. It is a unit of its own. There will be no more transferred from our company. I don't look to leave here for a good while yet. Don't think there has been many of the boys from here went over yet. They only go to some other camp. Some of our boys got a letter from John Wise. He was in the same bunch WT went with. They are other camps. There are some fine fellas in the new bunch that came in our company. We have lots of fun with them. One of the fellas looks like Colbaugh, just as windy. He had a mustache when he came. We told him if he didn't take it off, we would. And he wasn't long taking it off. <laughs> we just shaved the half of one fellas off. He had to take the rest off himself. Rest of the fellas in the other squad room calls us the hard-boiled mule skinners. <laughs> I heard about the wedding. Some couple. I suppose Jim will start plowing soon. I plowed some in this month last spring. Don't think I will do much this. I don't think I would like to leave the army now. I like it better every day. We have a new Victrola now. We bought it ourselves. We have a football, boxing gloves, everything for sport. Well... I don't know much to say this time, so I will close. Hoping to hear from you soon. Goodbye. Answer soon. Hope you have a good time when you take your visit. From The Kid. March 1st, 1918. Camp Lee, Virginia. Dear Sister, Received your ever-welcome letter today and was more than glad to hear from you. I am well and enjoying good times. 
I certainly was surprised to hear of Will Riggle's death. Seems like I can't help thinking about it. But such sad things will happen. He was discontented, too. I think that helped the cause. I was as well contented in the hospital as it was anywhere. I have been on the service firing all week, having the guns and ammunition. Believe me, they make some noise. Battery F holds the record so far, I guess. It is starting to rain here this evening, but it's very warm. Three more boys and I were at Hopewell last night. Had some time, too. I haven't heard from Cleo anymore. Did you ever hear what was the matter with her? I don't care if she doesn't write to me. I think Harry Crow is making the mistake of his life for trying to desert, for it is impossible for him to get away. Whenever he is brought back, he will be tried by the court-martial. He will be probably shot or prisoned for life without pay. I was talking to one of the officers that belonged to his company. He said he was the laziest man he ever saw. I think Charles Gettings is doing a wise thing by trying to enlist. I wish I had the education he has. I wish I had have enlisted in the cavalry. The Marines are also a good branch of service. I think you were wanting to know if I ever play the violin. I sure do. Some of the boys come up from the infirmary with a violin, banjo, guitar. We have regular old stag dances. <laughs> Boss, you don't need to look for me home for a while, but when I find out I am going over, I will come home then. I haven't any desire to come now. Of course, you know I would be glad to see y'all, but I expect to see y'all sooner or later. Anyway, it doesn't seem to me you sent the right address to Brantley. Send the right, and I will write to him. Don't you let people try to tell you that it isn't constitutional to send us over because they are badly mistaken. If that was the case, there wouldn't be many go over. The high officers here, as you say, hasn't anything to do with sending us over. Well, I don't know much more to say this time. There is a big entertainment at the YW. I want to be there, so I will say goodbye. Answer soon. Scotty. I saw Dutch today. He is well and feeling fine. March 6th, 1918, Camp Lee, Virginia. Dear sister, received your letter all right. Was glad to hear from you. I am well and happy. Hope you are all the same. We are having a thunderstorm here this evening. Has been very hot today. I received a letter from Grace Minor yesterday. Sure was glad to hear from her. I received one from Cleo, too. She wanted her souvenir. Well, I sure sent it to her. She didn't have much to say. I am still on the firing yet. Think tomorrow will be the last day for a while. I hear we are going to Dutch Gap for a while for target practice. That is about 30 miles from here. We'll get to camp out for a while. We'll be great sport. We'll only be there a short time if we go. I hardly think we will leave here for some time yet. Oh, I was talking to Dutch today. He is happy as can be. Wonder why Charles Gettings doesn't write anymore. 
We have two of our trucks in now. Don't know when we will get the rest. Guess I will have to learn to drive. I would like for you to hear the firing we have here. Some are three inch and some machine guns. They make some noise, believe me. The shells weigh 16 pounds, so you can imagine what they are like. Well, I don't know much more to say this time, so I will close hoping to hear from you soon. Good luck and good speed. The Kid. March 9th, 1918, Camp Lee, Virginia. Dear Sister, Received your kind and most welcome letter today and was glad to hear from you. I am well and in good health. Hope you are all the same. Well, boss, it looks like we are going to go over before long. It was announced last night that we will keep our mules. We will get some more new men and more mules, too. That suits me fine. I don't know whether I will drive or not. I hope so. It will be a fine job this summer. We will all get a helper, too. I haven't made up my mind yet whether I will come home yet or not. I hardly think it is necessary. Boss, I am a little mad this evening. Just had a quarrel on politics. A fella said he had no use for a darn Democrat. It made my blood boil. I told him what I had to say, and he would not only. Well, I will close for this time. Answer soon. Tell Jim not to allow no one to pass him with Bill when he rides him. Goodbye. Less. Camp Lee, March 10, 1918. Dear Brother J.D. Briggle, Hello. Received your letter a few days ago and was surely glad to hear from you again and more than glad to hear that everybody is well out there. Well, Abe, these few lines leaves my hand to let you know that I am as well as could be and still feeling good. The old army is pie for me, but I am sorry to tell you we are going to lose our captain. He leaves the first of the week. I don't know where he is going. I suppose to France. Gee, but I hate to see him go, for he is a good fella. I guess this regiment won't be motorized after all. That's what I hear now. If not, we will be getting a lot of horses in right away. It take over a hundred horses for a battery, and a hundred and ninety-four men. They will have to get some more men too yet. This regiment is going out about 18 miles from camp the 10th of next month to the artillery range on James River. Camp up there for one week. <laughs> Gee, but I will enjoy that. We will sleep in our little tents up there. Well, Abe, I saw Les today. He was on a bread wagon. Les is all right now, working every day. Me and Les, General, has a little chat every day. Well, Abe, our battery beat the rest of the batteries in firing practice. Made more hits. We were shooting 5,000 yards. I got a letter from G.W. Kimball today. He's rented of him a big farm. $300 rent. He said Bill and John Waters has been examined and Bill passed, but John didn't. He said Gail wasn't dead in this letter. Building concrete roads is about all the work that is going on here now. 
They are going a lot of that at the present. We are having awful nice weather here now. Warm and dandy. The roads and ground is dried up. I was to the vaudeville Thursday night at Lake Mont. It's a dandy good show. We haven't got paid for the month of February yet. I suppose we will the first of the week. They didn't pay last month till the 12th. Well, I wrote so much since I came here, I haven't got much to write anymore. I'll bet that was a big funeral of Bill R., wasn't it? I hate to hear tell of a case like that was. I bet Isaac and his mother did worry a great deal over his death. I want to come home either well, or if I get killed, I would just as soon be planted in France. I think if the war hand over against July, we will go over, try the Germans a crack. I'm willing to go any time now. I am going to send one of those shells home right away for the old boss to keep for an ornament. Has your hands begun to lay any yet? I bet eggs is a good price now, ain't they? I will bring this letter to a close. Forever your brother, C.E. Riggle. Battery F, 314, F.A., Camp Lee, Petersburg, Virginia. P.S. Has Charles Gettings been examined yet? March 17, 1918, Camp Lee, Virginia. Dear Sister, I just received your other letter. I had just answered your other one, so I will write again and settle your disputes. You were speaking of who taught school at number two when we played. It was Roy Strickland. You was right once. <laughs> and in regards to the buggy, he bought the buggy from Powell and sold it to Bill Shook. And as I'm not much interested in those things anymore, I forget who bought the buggy from that Clark has, but I do know he didn't get it at Claysville. So you see, you are always wrong. <laughs> and you were speaking of the 314 company, as you say, coming to Wheeling for the third Liberty loan. There will be one from each county, Ohio and Brook County. We nominated four or five, and whichever one gets the most votes, goes. They just go to talk the people into buying them. Do you see? We'll close, hoping to hear from you soon, and see the spot. Camp Lee, Virginia, March 20th, 1918. Dear brother, hello Abe and boss and also Prissy. Received your letter yesterday and as usual was glad to hear from you. I am well at the present and hope those few lines will find you the same. We are having some hot weather here now at the present time. I'm going to put my summer underwear on tonight. It's too hot for the heavy ones now. Well, Abe, I got a new job. Now I'm working down at the officer's mess washing dishes. I don't know how long I will work at that job. I get ten and a half a week. The officers pays me three and a half extra beside my regular wages. The three of us work there beside the cook. There are only 13 officers eats down there. As you know, it ain't very hard work, and I tell you, we get dandy eats down there too. Everything a fellow would want to eat. I wouldn't care if I could hold this job. 45 a month is better than 30 a month. We got 33 horses now in our battery. We will get 75 more yet, or maybe more. There was 80 of us went down to the remount station and brought up 148 for this regiment. Surely takes a lot of horses for horse artillery. 
This regiment is going up on James River to camp for ten days. I don't expect I will get to go unless all the officers goes. There is a little talk about a bunch of these fellas coming to Wheeling after a while. I wouldn't mind coming along if they would pay my way. If they don't, I won't come, for I haven't got any money to spend for railroad fares. I sent some money home Saturday, and I forgot to tell them to write and tell me right away whether they got it or not. If you see them, tell them I sent it Saturday, and write me, right away, so I will know they got it. They're changing offices here. We only got one of our offices. Well, we've had a bunch of new ones, and I tell you, they ain't as good as our old ones was. Well, Abe, I got a letter from A.J. Harrington yesterday. He said he's been sick the biggest part of this winter. He said Ben was in France. Now I don't know what time we will start. There was 2,000 Negro went past this regiment this morning bound for France. Me and Les been pretty lucky. We never been moved yet. I don't want to move till we start for France. I have a pretty good idea we will go this summer. There's a bunch of American over there now, and we ain't any better than they are. Well, Abe, I wrote so many times I can't think of anything new to write, so I will bring this letter to a close. I got two more to write. One GWK and one to Bill. The same old Dutch. Goodbye. P.S. The first thing you do is excuse the scribbling, for my pencil is very short. I expect I got more money than you have. <laughs> Stamps in this letter. I got a lot of them. I thought I would send a few to stamp my letter. March 26th, 1918. Camp Lee, Virginia. Dear sister, Received your letter yesterday and was glad to hear from you. I was also glad to get the money. I haven't spent it yet. We are having grand weather down here now. I suppose you were moving by this time. Wish I could be up and help. Charles Lewis and I were out in the country about five miles today after cedar trees. There are going to be trees set out all over the camp. Now, I laid down besides my mules on a sack of straw and went to sleep. And my darn jackasses turned around in the road and broke my tongue out. And I never knew it was broke until I went to turn around. I think the leaders must have scared of me snoring. Lewis said there was a truck past me too. We were about two miles behind the rifle range this morning, and some of the bullets splashed water on the boys that were grubbing the pines. One hit right beside Lewis in the ground. Believe me, there was nothing there but cedar trees in a short time. Oh, yes, I forgot to tell you that I could be tried by the court-martial for sleeping on my post. But no one will know it. Only the ones that were on the detail, and believe me, there is never nothing told on one another here. I happen to have an extra tongue with me, so I put it in and went on. I guess we will not go to the embarkment camp until next week. We will only be gone five days. I think it will be great sport. We'll have to come back to camp for subsistence every day. I was surprised to hear Charles M. being put in class one. I don't like to wish anyone bad luck, but would like to see him come too. But wouldn't like to see Charles Gettings come. I figure that Milliken has a yellow streak up his back. Tell me if you've heard anything from Uncle Sam when you answer. Well, 
as it is about time to roll in. I will close for this time, hoping to hear from you soon. Good night. Good luck. Your brother. Camp Lee, Virginia, April 4th, 1918. Dear Sister, We'll try to write you a few lines to let you know I am well, and I hope you are the same. I just got back from Dutch Gap. There were four of us came in on our mules. We are going back tomorrow again. Believe me, we are having some time. It is 12 miles from here. It is close to the Appomattox River. I guess you remember the Battle of the Appomattox Courthouse. There are still old forts and trenches there yet that were built when the North and South fought. We found some spurs yesterday that were lost during the Civil War and found a bone of a man's arm and a canteen, too. We have a fire range out there. I was down by the river yesterday where the shells burst. There are holes in the ground and trees shot off. Some of the boys saw a deer the other day. I hear quite a few fox carcasses. Dutch is out there, too. He says he likes it fine. We have squad tents. There are eight sleeps in one tent. I sure enjoy it. We have a cot that folds up. It is fine to sleep on. We will be out there until next Tuesday. I think we will go back after the 315th Regiment goes. I guess we will get to come home on another furlough soon. The 313 boys are going now. I was talking to Silvis Mariner last night. He says his brother would like to buy Bill back. He wants me to write and tell him whether I would like to sell him or not. I told Tub to tell him to go and see you and Jim, but I didn't think you would want to sell him. But if you do want him and feel that you are not able to keep him, it will be perfectly all right to sell him for whatever Jim thinks he is worth. But for heaven's sake, don't think I am trying to get you to sell him. But if you like him, you are absolutely welcome to keep him as long as you want to. Silva says he had the most sense of any horse they ever had. I suppose JB is working to a finish now. I see that farmer's plowing down here with one horse. What do you think? There were four of us went out to find some stones yesterday and hunted all afternoon and just found three. We finally found some brick that was used in the old trenches for breastworks. I guess the land is too poor to raise them. Well... I can't think of much to say this time. I am looking for a letter today. Our mail is brought out to us every day. Well, it is about mess time, so I will ring off for this time. I think I will be home before long on a furlough. Answer soon as ever. Your brother. April 7, 1918. Camp Lee, Virginia. To J.D. Riggle. Dear brother, received your letter a few days ago, all right, and I'm trying to answer it today. Was glad to hear that you were all well and got moved. These few lines leaves me all right and still enjoy myself good. The 314th Regiment is at Dutch Gap now, 15 miles from Camp Lee. We come up here Easter Sunday and going to stay 10 days. We're going back Tuesday. We will be up here 10 days out of every month for the next six months, I think. We're in tents now, eight of us in each tent. We're having a dandy time here now. This is some dandy place for a camp, right in the old battlefield, and in a nice pine grove. 
It surely will be a nice place this summer. We go out on the range every other day. We brought about 300 horses and mules over here with us. We have a little stove in our tent. It get pretty chilly at nights here. It get powerful hot in the daytime. I've been on guard once since I came over here. I only had to walk two hours yesterday. It don't take so many yards down here. Les is here too. He's alright, looking good. Les is like me, and slow about answering letters. If you had so many letters to write like we do, you would be slow too. Gee, but I have wrote a lot of letters since I've been here. We got paid on the 6th this month. I haven't sent any home yet. I will wait till I get back to Camp Lee before I send it. Abe, I don't think we'll go to France for six months yet. Anyway, I think the Germans is getting about all the fighting they want now. They surely have lost a lot of men since the big battle began. Walter Tolan is in France. I guess Ben Harrington is too. I guess I saw in the paper where Bill Wallace did come to Camp Lee. They're over there in our battery. We move our stuff down to D battery before we come over here. We will stay there for 10 or 12 days for fear those new boys might have some contagious disease. Then we can go back in our one battery. We have cots to sleep on over here. Les said he enjoyed this kind of camp all right. I do myself. All I have against it is we have to sit on the ground to eat our meals. This country around here is all dug full of trenches. Several tombstones here where some of the officers was buried. We have good drinking water here. There's lots of deers here. I would like to have the time to go out and take a hunt for them. I heard several deer chases here. The shooting around here will scare the deer back from here. We are close to the James River. Well, Abe, I will close, hoping these few lines will find you all in good health. Goodbye. Charles Riggle, Battery F-314-FA, Camp Lee, Petersburg, Virginia. March 17, 1918, Camp Lee, Virginia. Dear Sister, I just received your other letter. I had just answered your other one, so I will write again and settle your disputes. You were speaking of who taught school at number two when we played. It was Roy Strickland. You was right once. <laughs> and in regards to the buggy, he bought the buggy for Powell and sold it to Bill Shook, and as I'm not much interested in those things anymore, I forget who bought the buggy from that Clark has, but I do know he didn't get it at Claysville. So, you see, you are always wrong. <laughs> and you were speaking of the 314 company, as you say, coming to Wheeling for the third Liberty Loan? There will be one from each county, Ohio and Brook County. We nominated four or five, and whichever one gets the most votes, goes. They just go to talk the people into buying them. Do you see? We'll close, hoping to hear from you soon, and see the spot. Battery F, 314, F.A., Camp Lee, Virginia. Monday, April 22nd, 1918. Mr. J.D. Riggle, Dallas, West Virginia. Dear brother, Received your letter a few days ago, all okay. And I'm trying to answer it this evening. Well, Abe, as these few lines leaves my hand, they leave me as well as ever, and still in Battery F. It seems like we are never going to leave Camp Lee. 
We had been here seven months yesterday. When I came down here, I allowed we'd be in France by this time. Me and Tib Mariner was over to the supply company yesterday evening, where Les stays. Had some music. Les has a fiddle borrowed from a fella here. Tib Mariner can play a fiddle some. Less as well, and looking good. Now there's a little talk of the boys getting another furlough. If they do, Les ought to be able to get ten days. He talked like if he got a chance to come, he would come. I don't know whether I would come again or not, if I get a chance. Yes, I saw Bill Wallace here last Sunday. Me and Tib was running around with him. He's not in the artillery. He is in the infantry. Has Charles Gellings been called yet? I saw where Charles Milliken was called. They surely are going to train a bunch with soldiers this summer. This camp is sticking full of rookies now. That what we call the new fellas here. That was the rainiest day I ever was out. It rained all the way on us. It is 15 miles and we walk all the way. It didn't hurt a one of us to get wet. The fellas' shoes was full of water when we get in. I think we're a book up for Dutch Gap, first of the month again. Surely is a dandy place to camp out there. Yes, I know Jesse Bond Hewitt. He was in ours for five months. He was a corporal in my second. He was a pretty good fella. Me and him was good, old friend. He was well and hearty when he left this battery. People from Marshall County sent down the powerful bunch of tobacco last week. I got 20 10-cent pack for my share. There's about 100 Marshall County boys in this reg. I surely appreciate a gift like that. Yes, I think we will be here till fall. Anyway, Abe, go over some Sunday. Help T.R. to learn to run that auto. For I would sooner to have it run a little as to set around. How are you getting along with your colts this spring? I suppose you've got them broke good by this time. Are you farming much this spring? You ought to do all you can handle for everything will be high this year yet. Have you ever saw that shell I sent home? When you see it, you'll have some idea how those gun jaw fella. This surely is going to be the longest war we ever had. This surely has been some bloody fighting. But I think the Germans is getting licked every day. Well, Abe, I can't think of any news now. I wrote a letter to Gold last night. I got three more to write yet. One to G.W. Kimball. One to C.B. One to Bill R. And I will close for this time, hoping these few lines will find you well and enjoying yourself fine. As ever, your brother... Charles E. Riggle. Goodbye. Battery F, 314 FA, Camp Lee, Petersburg, Virginia. April 26th, 1918, Camp Lee, Virginia. Dear Sister, We'll endeavor the opportunity to answer your kind and most ever-welcome letter which I received yesterday. It found me well, and happy the same as ever. We are having some cool weather here now. I suppose they are having some up there also. I suppose you think I don't write very often, but 
As I said once before, there isn't much news here that would interest you. But I am always glad to get mail from you, so I will have to write oftener. I am sorry to hear of Jim getting hurt. He ought to be in the army, and he would learn how to ride. I was at the remount station yesterday and helped bring back 26 more mules. There were quite a few hit their meat house against Mother Earth before we got back. We have another bunch of new rookies now. Us old wagoners all get helpers, so you see it will be pretty soft for us. I received a letter from Ed Fisher yesterday. He says Oliver Moss has a Ford machine now. What has become of Charles Giddings? Haven't heard from him for some time. It was seven months last Tuesday since I left West Virginia. It doesn't seem near so long to me. I guess we will all get another pass soon. You can look for me home this time. We may get ten days. Our lieutenant told us the other day that would be in Camp Lee until 6th October. If we are, we will never go over, I feel sure. We are going to have a big review here tomorrow. Wish you could be here to see it. I will bet you would think it was the finest thing you ever saw. Well, I can't think of much more to say this AM. We'll write again soon. You were speaking about having that will recorded. It is not necessary. It is quite different from a deed. Well, I will close for this time. I think we will go to Dutch Gap soon. We'll more there. Answer soon. And don't work too hard. Goodbye. Good luck. Excuse mistakes in writing for I can't see very well. Answer soon. Good night. May 6th, 1918. Camp Lee, Petersburg, Virginia. Battery F-314 FA. Dear brother, I received your letter a few days ago, all right. Was glad to hear from you again. I'm sitting in my tent this hot afternoon trying to answer your letter. I am well as ever. I'm having a good time. We're about eight miles from Camp Lee this week, doing some military police duty. There is only 22 of our battery out there. I think we will go back into camp Sunday. We are guarding the electric power plant in a big bridge across the Appomattox River. It is dandy place to fish in the river. Our tents is in a hundred feet from the river. We are only two miles from Petersburg. I walked my post last night, and I am not doing anything today, only swinging. We have a dandy swing right here, and also good water to drink. We guard the waterworks too. This plant furnished lights and water for Camp Lee. It was 90 degrees in the shade here yesterday. That's pretty warm for May, isn't it? I suppose you are thinking about planting corn pretty soon, ain't you? JR seems to be pretty slow about getting his oats sold. O.C. and Miss Conrad was down, but I didn't get to see them. I am well acquainted with Dave and Tom. One of them is in supply company. One is in headquarter company. Les is driving mules every day. He is well and looking good. I saw him Sunday morning before I came over here, but 
I didn't have time to talk to him much. I don't think he knew I came over here. There was about 50 men transferred from Battery F last week to 319 Infantry. They was very near all new fellas. Four or five old fellas went with them. They had Dave conjured up, but they wouldn't have him on the count of his fingers being off. Tell Chad Getting if he come to Camp Lee to hunt me up, for I surely would like to see him. Has Chas Milliken went to camp yet? Garrett Blake surely will hate to see Frank leave him. Well, Abe, sometimes I think I would like to be in France. I've been in one place long enough to suit me. Gee, but this is going to be a hot place here this summer. Me and Tub Mariner is still together, and I'll tell you, he is a dandy good fella. I suppose Walter Tolan is showing some of his braveness now in France. We surely got a good army over there now. I hear we got a million men over there now, but I don't think they'll fight very much yet. I think the Germans will get licked before long. Well, Abe, news is scarce, and I'm too lazy to write. I will quit, hoping these few lines will find you and boss well. As ever your brother, goodbye. Chassie Wriggle. P.S. Boss, don't you worry while me and Les is gone, for we will be back in about a year from now. <laughs> If you've been following our series, you know that we seldom have the opportunity to hear letters from back home written to our soldiers. Today's episode provides an exception. You will hear first from Les's father, Christopher Columbus Scott, who wrote to his son on May 10, 1918. Then in Lester's May 12, 1918 letter to his sister Minnie, you will hear him reference this letter from their father. Dallas, West Virginia, May 10th, 1918. Hello, Leslie. How does this find you? I'm well. I'm at Wheeling at Burley's. His boy Paul is in the hospital sick with typhoid fever. He's pretty bad with it. I'm going to Little Washington tomorrow to see your Uncle Sam. He is sick in the hospital there with cancer of the stomach. May, Sam, and Minnie and Jim are all well. Burley is working in the Molden Foundry on war material. He took a $100 bond for himself to help with the war a little. Sam got a $50 one, too. I'm still working at Majorsville. I got a letter from Will Wallace. He says he's as fat, ragged, and dirty as ever. I was talking to Cleo Hewitt, and she says she's afraid she is left on you now. She looks as fat and ragged as ever. I think she's getting ring-boned. Jim's runaway horses looks like skeletons now. Jess Gettings of Seatonsville has left for camp in Georgia. Well, I've run out of news. So goodbye, Father. Right soon. Don't be lazy and slow answering. May 12th, 1918. Camp Lee, Virginia. Dear Sister, We'll drop you a few lines to let you know I am well, and hope you were the same. I received your letter all right, and was glad to hear from you. Would have answered sooner, 
but have been very busy packing up harness and drilling. I have qualified on gas mask school. Suppose you and Jim are very busy now. I got a letter from Dad today. He was at Burley's when he wrote. I'm going to send it to you to see. If you know what he meant about Cleo, he has me guessing. I suppose you are proud of your new separator. Be careful how you use it. They are easy damaged. I'm going to send some money home before long. Maybe you can use it now to buy cows with. I only have two more months to pay my Liberty Bonds out in. I'm going to make it into an allotment. Then that will be $15 per month. Then, boss, I took $5,000 insurance. Don't know why you didn't get it. I asked the first sergeant. He said he would see, but I am ready to go anytime. If you should not hear from me some of these times, don't be alarmed, but not soon. Well, it is time for the lights to go out, so I will close. Don't know whether you can read this or not. We'll write more soon. Good night. Your brother. At Camp Lee, May 18, 1918, Virginia. Dear Sister, We'll write you a few lines this eve to let you know I am well and hope you are all the same. Have been looking for a letter from you for some time. Expect I will get one tomorrow. Well, boss, we are having some very warm weather here now. We was out for rifle practice Thursday. I did some excellent firing. The first five shots, I got four bullseye, 100 yards. I was firing left-handed. You know, that is just opposite from the way we have to shoot here. And the captain stopped me. The reason of that is you can't shoot fast enough rapid fire. But I did nearly as well right hand. Got seven hits the first ten rounds. We had three ranges. One 200, one 300, and one 100. We have to shoot in different positions. Kneeling, standing, prone, and lying down. Sax and I had up a bet. I won the money. <laughs> Think I'm second best yet. Haven't had rapid fire yet. If I could have got a little higher percentage, I would have made first class. Believe me, I had a sore shoulder the next day. Would like to explain how the targets are arranged, but would take too long. This is the shape. The bullseye is four inches in diameter. I got 18 bullets in 60 shot. The target is eight foot square. I think fix the Dutch when I get over, but I'm afraid I will get tired of waiting. There are going to be four more of our old boys transferred. They didn't pass the OSS examination. Had slight ruptures. One of them are the fellows that Jim said looked like Hook Sims. He's a fine fellow. We have a bunch of new fellows now. I don't know whether we will get another furlough or not. If not, I will come back sometime anyway. They can't get us all. I think Bill Riggle must be mistaken about the boys coming home to help on the farm. There were some of our boys tried it. Us drivers had it soft now. Have a helper. He has to do whatever we tell him. I have a good fellow. But it's most a windy. Well, I suppose you and Jim are planting corn now. It is time at least. Have you ever got the trunk yet? 
Say, boss, if I left any clothes that Jim can wear, tell him to wear them, but I forgot to tell you before. How's dad getting along? Tell him I would have answered his letter, but didn't know where he was at. Does he have any driving horses now? We lost one of our horses. Got his leg broke. I saw a runoff the other day. The horses run through a new warehouse that was going up. One of them hit his head against the post and broke his neck. They were civilian horses. Well, boss, it is time for lights out, so I guess I'd better quit. We'll write more just as soon as I hear from you again. Think we will go back on the range next week. We will have to have a good bit of training yet. What has become of Cleo? We'll close hoping to hear from you soon. From the kid. Good night. Good luck. May 19, 1918. Camp Lee. Hello, Abe and boss. Dear brother. Received your letter a few days ago, all right. And I thought I would draw you a few lines and answer to it. These few lines leaves me all okay and still in battery F. I don't know how long I will be in it. Well, Abe, we surely having some hot weather here now. We are drilling a good deal now. Got my picture taken last night, but I won't get them till Tuesday. And I'll send them home, and you can get one of them. Well, Abe, I reckon you're done with your spring work by this time. I am in a hurry this morning, and can't think of anything to write. News is awful scarce. We ain't allowed to write any military information anymore, and you see, a fella hasn't got much to write. And don't you write me anymore now, till you get another letter from me. I'll try to write more the next time, so that's all for this time. I am as ever your brother. C.E. Riggle to James Riggle. Goodbye to you both. Tell West Marquis I said hello to him. Camp Lee, Virginia. May 23rd, 1918. Dear Sister, I will write you a few lines this evening to let you know I am well and hope you are the same. I haven't heard from you for a long time, but maybe I will get a letter tomorrow. Tell Grace I have never heard from her either. I wrote to her a long time ago. Believe me, we are having some hot weather here. I was weighed today. I weigh 172 pounds. Well, boss, I haven't much to say. I just wanted to write to let you know the boys are all in good spirit and happy. I want you to give every one of my friends my best regards. Tell them I wish them good luck. You and Jim above all. Tell Dad I said goodbye for him. It is possible I will be with you all again in a few months. There is just one thing that bothers me. That is, I am afraid you will worry about me. Believe me. I will take my part all right. Oh yes, I received your card all right. Was glad to hear you got the trunks. Well, boss, I will close for this time, so don't write until you hear from me again. Please write and tell Cleo goodbye for me. 
Well, boss, all I can say is goodbye and good luck. Please excuse this paper. I have my other packed up. I was talking to Dutch last night. He is in good spirit and looking fine. He is nearly as heavy as I am. Well, I will say good night to all. From your brother. Be sure and give Bill plenty of exercise. I wish you plenty of good luck and happiness. Goodbye. You will hear from me before long. Who the heck is Cleo? That was a question from a listener who said he's heard every episode of From Camp Lee to the Great War, but still can't figure it out. If you've also been listening, but not necessarily reading all of the accompanying blog posts on archivingwheeling.org, you might have the same question. Who the heck is Cleo? Well, the short answer is that Cleo Hewitt is Wagoner Lester Scott's girlfriend back in Wheeling. We don't know a great deal about her, but to remove some of the mystery, we've created this special edition of From Camp Lee to the Great War. Let's just call it the Cleo episode. After listening, and taking a look at the photos on archivingwheeling.org, you will know as much as we do about the mysterious Cleo. As you know, we publish the letters of U.S. Army Privates Lester Scott and his brother-in-law Charles Dutch Riggle 100 years to the day after each was penned by our soldiers and mailed from Camp Lee, Virginia, back to family in Wheeling. We've chosen to publish the Clio episode today because it was exactly 100 years ago yesterday, on May 23, 1918, that Lester Scott wrote to his sister Minnie Riggle, Please write and tell Cleo goodbye for me. The reason is, Les knew he was leaving for France. And for reasons that will become apparent, Les wasn't sure Cleo wanted to hear from him. But since his sister was Cleo's good friend, he asked her to convey his goodbye message. To better understand this complex little love story, let's first hear from Cleo in an undated letter to her darling Les. My own darling Les, how can you doubt my love for you? It grows stronger and stronger each day. I think of you by day and dream of you by night. If I thought you loved me as I loved you, it would not only cheer my lonely pathway, but would help me so much to do a great many good things in this world. You have my promise to love you, and I always will. Good health and best wishes. Your own Dutch. After that, we have identified two letters from Cleo to Minnie. They prove that Les was indeed sweet on Cleo, his sister's friend. Tridelphia, West Virginia, October 8, 1917. Dear friend, I haven't time to write as much as it is nearly mail time, but I have seen pictures they took down at the YMCA when they were eating dinner the last less left, and they were just great. You can see them at Klein's. I've tried to get one for you and myself, but failed. If you want to go to Wheeling the last of this week, I will go too. Write and let me know right away, and I will be as ready as you come past. Answer soon, your friend, Cleo. You can actually go to the blog and see one of the photos Cleo is referring to. A month after he left for Camp Lee, it's clear that Cleo was missing her less. Tridelphia, West Virginia, November 1917. 
Dear friend Minnie, how you was? I'm okay. Hope you are the same. I came home at shortly after dark. I got a stick to a dance that night, but didn't go. Earl Shook even came after me, and I was in bed. The dance was at Kent's. I started to school this morning, but I don't like it very well. Too lonesome. Say, we are going to have a box social here two weeks from next Friday night. You and Jim be sure to come. Tell everyone you see. Be sure and tell Bob Milligan. Get him to bring you. Ha <laughs> ha. Don Folks told me a lot of stuff about Les, and I asked him about some of it, and I haven't heard from him since I suppose I made him mad. I had a fine visit at Moundsville. I want to go to Wheeling this week and get another pair of shoes. Minnie, I don't know whether I can get that yoke made for you again, Christmas or not. I do wonder if Les will get to come back home for Christmas. I guess Wilbert Darrow does go with Mabel Salter. I wouldn't let him go with a dog of mine. I had my pictures take while in Moundsville, but they were not no good. How is Cinda? Tell her hello. Well, it's afternoon, and I will try and write some more. I was down at Moss's at noon, but Gertrude can't go to Wheeling this week, so I suppose I will walk in anyway. Ha <laughs> ha. Sorry you couldn't get a picture. Maybe I will give you mine. Beulah McCormick said Vincent got a letter from him the other day. I got your letter Sunday morning. Maggie Hall came up to see me, and she brought it up Saturday night. As I came through the grove, I just thought, sure, I saw Les's horse and buggy, but I suppose it wasn't. I could just kill Bert Cladwell for getting that place at Craycraft's, the little fool. Well, this is all, so answer soon. Be sure and come to the box social. Goodbye, as ever, Cleo. Have a lot to tell you if I ever see you, haha. <laughs> As she indicates, Cleo and Les have a falling out for some reason. In a letter dated a couple of months later, February 1st, 1918, Les writes, I received a letter from Cleo too. She says she isn't going back over to number two anymore. She also says hers and my picture hangs on the wall no more. I wonder if anybody cares. She told me you're going to church too. She says you did something to her before she left, wouldn't say what it was. She says if we wouldn't get mad, she wouldn't do it anymore. Maybe I'm not going to tell her a few. I knew you and her would have trouble. You don't need to think I care in the least. Ten days later, on February 11th, 1918, Les reveals the severity of the problem. Cleo is trying to apologize now, but that don't go with me. I would like for you to see the letters she wrote. They remind me of the notes the Kaiser used to use to the President. I may write to her once more. Comparing your girlfriend's letters to the Kaiser's letters while your country is at war with the Kaiser's country is serious business. No doubt. Then on February 24, 1918, Les writes, I haven't heard from Cleo lately. And on March 1st, 1918, I haven't heard from Cleo anymore. Did you ever hear what was the matter with her? I don't care if she doesn't write to me. 
And a month and a half later, on April 16, 1918, I never hear from Cleo anymore. Wonder where she is. And as we've heard in episode 48 of our podcast series, one month later, on May 10th, 1918, Les's father, Christopher Columbus Scott, said of Cleo, I was talking to Cleo Hewitt, and she says she is afraid she is left on you now. She looks as fat and ragged as ever. I think she is getting ring-boned. Which prompted Les to write two days later to his sister Minnie, If you know what he meant about Cleo, he has me guessing. And a few days later, on May 18th, Les inquires poignantly of his sister, What has become of Cleo? So, what has become of Cleo? And what will become of Les after he's shipped to France to fight for the American Expeditionary Force against the German Empire? Stay tuned. Soldier's Mail, Newport News, Virginia. June 18, 1918. 5 p.m. Mr. James Riggle, Dallas, West Virginia, road number one. I have arrived safely overseas. Lester Scott. This card will be held until safe arrival of the boat on which I sailed. Somewhere in France, June 22nd, 1918. Dear brother, I'm trying to pen you a few lines this nice evening to let you know I am well and feeling fine and hope you are the same when these few lines come to hand. We surely are having some dandy weather here now. Not much rain. And I don't believe it is as warm here as it is back in West Virginia. Well, Abe, I like this country fine at the present time. I don't know how I would like it when I get into the scrap, but I think I won't mind it much. I hope not anyway. We've been over here quite a while now. I ought to wrote you sooner, but I've not wrote to anybody since I came over here, only home. Gee, but that's some long trip across the pond. I never got a bit sick on the water, but Les got a little sick. He's all right now. I think he'd like it pretty good here, too. It is a nice country, all right. And no wonder the French is fighting so hard for it. Well, Abe, I think the Germans is getting about all they want now. I haven't saw Les for a few days. I suppose he has wrote you before this time. Well, Abe, I wish we could finish this war in time to take a rabbit hunt this fall. You know, I didn't get hunt last fall. We get plenty of chewing and smoking and eating here. We don't get quite so many knick-knack as we did at Camp Lee. Well, Abe, don't lose a minute's sleep over me. I'm getting along as good as ever. Your brother, Dutch. Goodbye. 
Battery F, 314 FA. APO, 701. American EF, via New York. OK, second lieutenant. 314 FA. An answer real soon. So long. And hello to everybody. P.S. I'll tell you the news if I ever get home. France, Sunday, August 1st, 1918. Hello, dear brother. We'll drop you a few lines to you and answer to your letter I received yesterday. I surely was glad to hear that you're all well and getting along all right. Well, Abe, these few lines leaves me as well as ever. Still playing the same old game. Well, Abe, I suppose you are looking to be called most any time now. The way they have registered the young fellas up and examined them. <laughs> what was wrong with Tom? He didn't pass. I was sure he would pass as hardy as he looked. Well, Abe, I suppose you will make a lot of money on that place. If Andy is still there when you get this letter, tell I said hello to him. I would like to be there to have a chase with him. I suppose it is pretty lonesome since so many of the young fellas has left the ridge. Abe, I'm in a fun squad. We're firing on the range a good bit of the time now. I never drove a team yet. I always been in a gun squad. These three-inch guns is a powerful good gun. I don't believe they hurt the ears like the American three-inch does. They jar enough to suit me. I suppose if you ever come to the army, you'll try to get in the artillery. I believe it is best after all. But you have to know your business, for there is a lot to know in it. Tell boss Les is right here where I am. He's getting along pretty good. I see him nearly every day. I think he has been writing to boss ever since he's been here. He has got some mail from home. I know he got some mail yesterday, but I didn't ask him who it was from. Walter Toland is in England now. I think Tub Mariner got a card from him. I bet he is having a good time wherever he is at. I suppose Bill Tolan is reg. Bill R is over here now. Les saw him the other day. I never saw Ben Harrington yet as heard of him. I suppose there will be a big election there this fall. I hear a little talk of the soldiers getting to vote. Don't think they will. Or it would be too much bother to do that. Abe, we quite a ways from the front yet. I guess it was in the paper where this regiment was in that big drive, but they wasn't. I guess they were going faster toward Berlin than they are toward Paris. I think the Germans is nearly licked now. I want to see it over in time to go to the Jacktown Fair next year. We'll close. I am as ever. Same Dutch. Goodbye to all. C.E. Riggle, Battery F, 314, F.A. American E.F., APO 779, via New York. August 6th, 1918. 
Dear Sister, I will write you a few lines to let you know I am well and in good health, and hope you are all the same. I received one of the letters you wrote me when I was at camp, but haven't got the last one yet. Received one from Moundsville last week. It came direct. I saw Will Wriggle yesterday. He is looking fine. Says he likes this country fine. When you see his parents, be sure to tell them. We've been having quite a bit of rain here, but it's pretty warm most of the time. I suppose you will be getting ready for Jacktown Fair soon. I guess I will hardly be present myself. But we are all hoping it won't be long until we can take part again. Well, I believe this will be all for this time. But when you answer, write a big long letter and tell me all the news. Goodbye. And good luck to all. Your brother. Wagner Lester Scott, Supply Company, 314 Field Artillery, American Expeditionary Forces, via New York. September 6th, 1918. Somewhere in France. Dear Sister, I will try to answer your kind and most welcome letter, which I received a few days ago. I have been going to write every day, but just neglected it. Well, Minnie, I am feeling fine and enjoying the best of health, and I certainly hope these few lines will find you all the same. I see Charles every day. He is looking fine. I received a card from Walter Toland last week. He is in England. I will write to him soon. Well, I guess you are all very busy now getting your fall work done. We have had some frost over here, but it gets right warm through the day. I am pretty well prepared for the winter. I have rubber boots and arctic both, and plenty of other warm clothes. I guess you have received my liberty bonds by this time. I made a $20 allotment to you a few days ago. I think you will start receiving it soon. I thought probably you and Jim would need some money, so if you do, you are quite welcome to use it, for I will be in no hurry for it when I come back. I draw $40.20 now, so you see I will have enough left. Well, Minnie, I guess this will be all for this time, as I am right busy at present. But I will write again soon. When you answer, write a big long letter and tell me lots of news. Note, let me know if you get the allotment all right. Goodbye. From your brother. Wagner Lester Scott, Supply Company 314 Field Artillery, American Expeditionary Forces, via New York. Sunday, September 8th, 1918. Dear Sister, I will try to answer your welcome letter which I just received, and was more than glad to hear from you. I wrote you a letter a few days ago, but I haven't anything else to do today. I will write again. This is a rainy old day here, but we are all in good spirit and happy as usual. I have a talk with Charles and Tib every evening. Tib is sergeant now. The boys all like him fine. What is Dad doing now? 
I never hear from him. I'm going to write him a letter as soon as I finish this one. I have been looking for a letter from Grace. think I will get one soon. I have been wondering if Frank has ever been called yet. Dutch was telling me that he received a letter from home, and they said Tom didn't pass the examination. I am rather surprised at that. Minnie, I often think to myself that it certainly must be a lonesome old place around there now, since all of the boys have left. But I feel that there is a day coming, and not far away, when we will all be together again. Well, I believe this will be all for this time. I want to write a few more letters. But when you write, tell me lots of news. Your mail is not censored. Goodbye. Answer soon. Wagner Lester Scott. Supply Company 314 Field Artillery. American Expeditionary Forces. Via New York. The Great War had raged in Europe for three years before the United States joined the conflict on the side of the Allies in April 1917. Like most young American men of the era, those from Wheeling harbored romantic notions of war, it having been more than 50 years since the American Civil War ended. Thousands of Wheeling men eagerly registered for the draft in 1917. Most of Wheeling's World War I soldiers served in the U.S. Army's 80th Division, known as the Blue Ridge, in honor of the mountains. Most of these were trained at Camp Lee, Virginia, near Petersburg, under the command of Colonel Robert S. Welsh. A large number from the Wheeling area, like Lester Scott and Charles Riggle, served in the 314th Field Artillery. They started shipping in large numbers to the trenches of France by summer 1918. A few months after that, local casualties were listed in the Wheeling newspapers almost daily. 4.7 million Americans served in the American Expeditionary Forces in World War I, and more than 116,000 died. 58,000 of those Americans came from West Virginia, and 5,000 of those West Virginians were killed or wounded, 1,120 killed in combat. More than 3,000 from Ohio County served. Reports differ, but somewhere between 70 and 100 were killed. The first soldier from Wheeling to be killed on the battlefield was 20-year-old PFC Edward Franklin Bowman of Company D, 28th Infantry, 1st Division, whose death notice was received on August 5, 1918. Less than three months later, and just two weeks before the Great War would finally end with an armistice signed in Paris, Lester Scott of Dallas, West Virginia, a farm boy who was drafted in Wheeling in April 1917 and shipped overseas a year later to serve as Wagoner, mule team driver, in the 314th Field Artillery Supply Company, was killed in action in France. Les was killed 100 years ago today, on October 29, 1918, during the final push to end the war. The massive 47-day Meuse-Argonne offensive, during which more than 26,000 American soldiers died, it remains the most lethal military operation in the history of the United States.
Thus made daily runs with his four mule team from supply headquarters to the front lines with provisions for Battery A, near a place called Le Morte Homme, Dead Man's Hill. Along the way, Les and the other wagoners were forced to dodge nearly constant German artillery shells, machine gun fire, and even mustard gas attacks. When the wagoners would stop to rest their mule teams during these exhausting supply runs, they would often sleep beneath their wagons for protection. That's what Lester Scott was doing near the town of Romaine when he was struck in the chest by a fragment of shrapnel from a German shell. He succumbed to his wounds while being taken to a field hospital. When they learned of Scotty's death, his comrades on the front remembered the premonition Lester spoke of as he boarded the troop transport America at Newport News, Virginia, five months prior. Yes, I am going to watch that horizon as long as it is visible, because for me, it is my last look. The rest of the boys seem not to notice that it is almost out of sight, but perhaps they do not know what is in store for them. I have seen what is ahead for me. I don't know why I say that, but just as we were walking down that long line, it suddenly crept over me, and I realized that I, I would never again be in the United States. Lester Scott, Newport News, Virginia, May 26th, 1918, while boarding a troop transport for France. Due to the chaos of war and the difficulty of accounting for every soldier who went missing or was injured or killed, desperate families were often left to speculate for months about the fate of their loved ones on the front when the letters stopped appearing in the mailbox. Such was the case for the Scott family. Even Lester's brother-in-law, PFC Charles Dutch Riggle, was unable to find out what happened to Les after he was taken to the hospital. In fact, it wasn't until January 1919 that Lester's sister, Minnie Riggle, finally received the dreaded Western Union telegram, which read, Washington, D.C., 8.20 p.m., January 8th, 1918. Mrs. Minnie Riggle, RFD-1, Dallas, West Virginia, deeply regret to inform you that it is officially reported that Wagner Lester Scott Field Artillery died October 29th from wounds received in action. Harris, the Adjutant General. Adjutant General Peter Charles Harris served the U.S. Army in that capacity from 1918 to 1922. The same post was once held by Horatio Gates and Arthur St. Clair, for whom St. Clairsville, Ohio, was named. A few months later, Minnie Riggle received a second letter. Supply Company, 314th Field Artillery, AEF, France, March 21, 1919. Mrs. Minnie Riggle, Dallas, West Virginia, RFD number 1, USA. My dear Mrs. Riggle, you have undoubtedly long since received from the War Department official notice of the death of your brother, Lester Scott, number 183462, late Wagoner of this company. I desire to express my personal and, 
as his commanding officer an official appreciation of the very high character of the service he rendered. I had the pleasure of promoting him and the confidence placed in him was repaid in fullest measure by his energy and the efficiency with which he executed the duties assigned to him. He was severely wounded on the night of October 29, 1918, while on duty with Battery A of this regiment, which was in a position of great danger near the town of Romaine. I know of no more devoted and creditable service than that displayed by the drivers of battery and ration carts, of which he was one. Day and night, always in places of danger, these drivers were constantly on the move, keeping the men of the regiment supplied with food and water. Had your brother faltered in his duties, many others would have suffered, but not once did he fail in the faithful and efficient performance of this work so essential to the well-being of others. And the highest admiration and respect was accorded him by his comrades and superior officers. He was promptly evacuated to a field hospital for treatment, but his wounds proved to be too serious. We were later notified of his death and not one man in the company but felt deeply the loss of a loyal comrade and a brave companion in arms. I wish that I could send to you some fitting message of condolence. I am sure, however, that your sense of loss will be softened, and it will be a sustaining influence to you and his family in the years to come to remember the extreme merit of his unselfish service and that the supreme sacrifice he has made was a real contribution to the great and noble cause now so gloriously triumphant. In the knowledge of his service and sacrifice, he leaves his family a golden heritage which cannot fail to cheer and comfort them all the days of their lives. If I can be of any personal service to his family, I would consider it a pleasure to render it in the memory of a brave soldier. Respectfully, J. Hamilton Oba, Captain 314th Field Artillery. After the armistice, Lester Scott was buried on the French battlefield where he fell. His body remained in this hero's grave for nearly three years before finally being returned to his family in Dallas, West Virginia for final burial in August 1921. The remaining members of Battery A attended the funeral as a body as six pallbearers were chosen from their number to carry their fallen comrade to his final resting place in Mount View, the little country cemetery not far from the Scott family farm in Dallas. Lester Scott's 80-year-old father, Christopher, wept as he was handed the flag from his son's coffin. November 25th. 1918, Battery F, 314, F-A-A-E-F. Hello, dear brother. We'll try to answer your letter I received a couple of weeks ago. I've surely been awful slow about answering it. I didn't have much time to write while I was on the front, but since the war is over, I have all kind of time to write. Well, Abe, these few lines find me as well as can be. Feeling like seeing the good old states again pretty soon. Well, Abe, I surely had some narrow escape while I was on the front. But I came out without a scratch. It surely was some good luck for a fellow to come out that way. There were several of our fellow came out without getting hurt. 
but it was a good many got hurt. And we only had four men killed in our battery. I can't tell you about Les. He got badly hurt, and they took him to the hospital. I heard once he died, but I don't know if that was correct or not. I hope it wasn't correct, for I would like to went back to the States with him. Probably you and Boss has heard about him by this time. I saw Les a couple of times since we came on the front. He drove the rolling kitchen for Battery A, and that battery's in the 1st Battalion, and it wasn't very close to our battalion. Well, Abe, I surely would like to be there Thanksgiving to take a rabbit hunt. Me and Tub Mariner and two or three other fellow was out hunting for wild hogs today, but didn't catch any. Saw lots of tracks in the woods. The boys shot one yesterday and had it cooked for dinner today. We are still in the town yet where we quit fighting the Dutch. I don't have any idea when we will start for the States. We are liable to start soon and it might be a good bit yet before we start. I would like to be home in time to get some good apples to eat this winter. I don't think it is much danger of another war very soon for they surely got a good chasing. We drove them about 48 miles in 50 days. That running them some, isn't it? Suppose you and T.R. was pretty glad when the war was over, wasn't you? Well, Abe, I will ring off. If I don't, I won't have anything to tell you when I come home, so I will tell you all the news when I get home. I remain as ever your brother. Goodbye to all. Say hello to Chrissy and Boss for me. France, December 16, 1918. Battery F-314, F-A-A-E-F, via New York. Dear Brother James, We'll try and write you a few lines to let you know I am still living, and am well as can be at this writing. Hope this letter will find you and Boss the same. I suppose you are getting along all right. I've been a little uneasy about you people, for that disease is raging in that country. And I would like to hear if Boss has ever heard about Les. He got hurt, and they took him to the hospital. And I heard once, he died. And I heard the other day the captain of the supply company said he didn't know if he was living or not. I hope he is. I didn't know what place they took him, so I couldn't write to him. Me and Mariner would like to know about him. So if you know anything about him, tell me in the next letter. I saw him about one week before he got hurt. But the Dutch were shelling the road so hard I could not stop him for a talk. Gee, but I wish he would have been as lucky as I was. So we could come to home together. Well, Abe, we had some hard fighting before the war ended. But we surely had them Dutch on the run. I'm away back from the old battlefield now, about the center of France. I don't know when we will start for the States, but I think sometime this winter. I think the war is over for good, don't you? For I think them Germans won't want another war very soon, the way they got beaten this one. 
I surely would like to be there this fall to do some hunting. But I guess I won't make it. We haven't had a bit of snow here yet. I suppose you are having winter over there. Well, Ava won't tell you any of my experience while on the front in this letter, so I will tell you when I come home. I was on the fight 50 days straight. You can have some idea we was pretty busy. Went nearly day and night, but it didn't hurt me a bit. I will close, hoping these lines find everybody well. Goodbye. Chaz Riggle. Say hello to Chrissy for me. So long. January 26, 1919. St. Venomare. Dear Brother James and Boss, Hello to you both. I seat myself with the pleasure trying to enter in your letter which I received yesterday, and I was awful glad to hear from you once more, and glad to hear that you are both well. Well, Abraham, I am the same old Dutch, well and hearty as can be, just feeling fine. I suppose I would feel better if I was at home. I've been away so long now, I began to think I would like to see you all again before long. While the war was going on, I never thought of home then. But since the war is over, it seems like we've done our duty here. We think they ought to bring us to the States. We're not doing a thing here. Only taking care of 107 horses and mules. We don't hardly have any drill anymore. Just take a little exercises once in a while. Well, Abe, I would like to get home by the 1st of April. So I could do something next year toward farming. If I come later, I suppose I can help you and Tom a little. Anyway, I am certainly losing money by being in the army. But what do I care for that? I am getting all the wine I want over here. <laughs> it is cheap here. Sixty cent a quart. It won't hardly make a fella lightheaded, but it is good tasted. The whiskey is no good here. I never drink a drop of it. I never saw Orville or Bill here in France. And tell boss I can't tell her anything about Les for sure. We heard he was at Camp Lee. But it surely is a mistake if he was there. He surely would write to you. And if he was over here, I think he would also would write to you. I believe if he was living, he would drop me a few lines. He was hurt about the middle of October, I think. Him and two other fellas were sleeping under the ration cart when he was hurt. But one of these fellas said he died on his way to the hospital. And I was talking to one of the men in the supply company. He said captain of that company said Les died, but I'm not telling you this for true news. It might be wrong. I hope so, anyway. I hope that is correct about him being at Camp Lee. We heard he was there with an arm off. He got his arm broke in two places, and his leg in one place, and also was hit one place over the heart. He was 
badly hurt, I guess. But sometimes a person can be badly hurt, and the doctors can bring a fellow on feet again. Tub man had got the news that he was at Camp Lee. Me and Tib got through pretty lucky. We did get hurt once, and we was in some pretty hard battles, I'll tell you. I wish I could tell you when I am coming home, but I don't know when. It might be soon. It might be a good while yet. So I will close for this time, hoping these few lines find you all in good spirit when it arrives. And also hope Boss will hear from Les. Answer soon. Goodbye to all. I remain as ever your brother. Chas Riggle. Battery F. 314 FA. AEF. Via New York. Battery F. 314 FA. February 25th, 1919. James Riggle, Dallas, West Virginia. Dear brother, received your letter all okay yesterday. Surely was glad to hear from the old boy again. Jim, I am well and hearty at this writing, but don't know how long I will be that way, for we are having pretty good fit of rain in this country. Well, Jim, I saw in the paper where this division would sail for home in the month of May. You see, it will be a good little while yet to wait. But one thing, the sea will be nicer to travel at that time than it would now. I guess the sea is pretty rough now. That is a pretty bad trip at its best. I know there was a bunch of the boys got sick coming over. But I didn't get a bit sick coming over. I never told you when we left the States. I guess we left Norfolk, Virginia the 26th of May for over here. I think I will be over here about a year. We was 14 day coming over. I don't think we'll be that long coming back. Jim, I don't suppose you know where you will locate yet. It is about time you are knowing where you are going. That telegram you about the less must have been correct. For he got hurt about the 20th of October. He surely is not living. But he would write to you and many. I could not find anything out about him. The hospital was back about three or four hundred miles. You can see I would not know much about him. Well, James, by news being scarce, I will bring this letter to a close. Hoping these few lines will find you and boss in good health. From your bro, Chas Rickle. Goodbye to you both. Lieutenant 314, F.A. Camp Stewart, Virginia, Battery F, 314, F.A., May 31st, 1919. Mr. J.D. Riggle. Hello, old scout. How is the lad by this? I hope you are well and dandy. I heard the flu left you and boss with a cough. Well, Abraham, I am well as can be and feeling fine. I got way this evening in my shirt sleeve and weigh 175. (laughs) You know I am not very sickly. Always ready for three meals a day and I didn't get a bit sick coming across the sea. 
Was very rough four days out from France. We had fine eats on the ship. We came back and only got two meals a day. <laughs> we got in here 28. I think we will start for Camp Lee the second to be mustered out of the army. I think I will get home someday next week. Gee, but I would like to see all of you. It's been nearly a year and a half since I saw you. Jim, this hot country is hard on me. France is a nice, cool place in the summertime. I work in the kitchen the 30th, so you know I got one fine sweat out of that day's work. We are in a dandy camp here. Not doing a thing. The weather is dry here and hot. The people here in Newport News surely give us a dandy welcome when we arrive here. It was 6,000 came over on that transport. You can imagine what a show line that make. Sometime a person will be a couple of hours getting up to mess. Well, Jim, I won't write any more this time. And come out and talk all day some Sunday. That is, if I get home. I remain as ever your brother, Dutch. Goodbye to both. P.S. <laughs> I think I will be home too sweet if nothing happens. You can tell what day we come to Wheeling by the paper if you watch it. From Camp Lee to the Great War, the letters of Lester Scott and Charles Riggle is brought to you by archivingwheeling.org in partnership with the Ohio County Public Library and the Walls Foundation. Jeremy Richter is the voice of Lester Scott. Vince Marshall is the voice of Charles Riggle. Ron Stilwell is the voice of Adjutant General Peter Charles Harris. Sean Duffy is the narrator and the voice of Captain J. Hamilton Ober. The letters of Lester Scott and Charles Riggle were transcribed by John Eric Jalot. This podcast was edited and written by Sean Duffy, audio edited by Aaron Rothenbuehler, with music courtesy the Library of Congress. Many thanks to Marjorie Ritchie for sharing family letters and the stories of her uncles, World War I soldiers from West Virginia. Thank you for listening to From Camp Lee to the Great War, the letters of Lester Scott and Charles Riggle.